everyone, and welcome back to Slapcast. This is episode 7 of our coverage of the 2020-21 season, and we're back amongst it again to talk about all the fun things that are going on in the Premier League. I'm Gage, your host as usual, and yeah, we're back at it again. I'm joined once more by the full contingent, which may surprise you, of course, as it does me every time Josh decides to turn up. Um, <laughs> but I'm joined by Reese. Hello, Reese. Hello. I'm joined by Ethan as well. Hello, Ethan. Hello, Gage. And Josh, as I've already mentioned, is here. Josh, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for asking. Uh, and we do actually have, for the third time only in Slavcast history, a five-man panel. We're pleased to welcome Ben uh, to the oh, show good. for his first appearance. Ben, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, I had a had a tough day. I had a headache for most of the day, and it was um, just it was one of those tough days that you just got to get through. But I'm feeling a lot better. But Gage, can I ask how are you? I am f- much the same, actually. This week has been kicking my ass, pretty much. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, it's it's probably been the hardest week of the semester for me in terms of school. But nothing gets in the way of uh, the prem for us. So, never <laughs> my my priorities are so solid. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, uh, I'm pleased to, to welcome you all in tonight, and I'm pleased to welcome all of you that are listening. Um, and we are, well, Ethan will not be pleased with where we're going to start tonight, I'm afraid, um, because it is with yeah, the Friday fixture. <laughs> and Ethan, take yeah. us through this um, this game. Well, it's probably what you think about all the other games, you know, sit back, let them control the possession, and uh, just kind of fall apart. If it's uh, not going too well, you know, we looked good against Fulham, but obviously that's Fulham. Fulham is obviously one of the bottom scrapped teams. And, um, yeah, it's kind of like Roy just expects us to, like, play like Fulham every week, which is hard because not everyone is Fulham, obviously. So just no urgency. And he's like, if we win, we win. If we don't win, then, oh, well, it's not my problem. I'm not going to get fired. (laughs) At this point, yeah. I mean, it, okay, it is strange to me, though, how, like, I noticed today that Roy's approach never changes based on the opposition, which I think is something no, you were kind of just hinting at just now. Um, yeah. Because Palace obviously lined up in the, the sort of, like, four four two formation that we're becoming accustomed to see here, and they were getting absolutely torn to shreds by the switch uh, from Wolves' wingbacks to their opposite wingers. Palace's defense just could not cope with that, and um, they suffered because of it. Both goals came from a long switch, um, you know, like I just said, from the wing back to the wingers. And I think Roy just could have done more tactically to prepare Palace's defensive structure for for this Wolves team. Definitely. Um, I mean, we do have some injuries, but I don't think we should like give that the full reason. Obviously. Milivojevic came in, and you know how I feel about him. And obviously, he got a red card at the end. <laughs> so, and uh, for once, I'm actually excited to see a red card come out against us <laughs> or for us, because I don't want him to. I don't want to see him for a while. He absolutely brings nothing to the table. Reese can. Uh, it's we, true. We watch it together. He can talk yeah. that. What um, defensive midfielder do you think will replace him? Considering <laughs> we know he's not going to play an attacking midfielder. Yeah, I was about to say, he's not going to play any, like, Ezzy or Max Meyer, but... Yeah, once again, Ezzy not starting in this game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. We could see a shot from Inteke. 
CDM. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's converted nah. more player, more strange <laughs> players than that to a defensive midfielder. So, um, no, but I honestly can tell you. I mean, we MacArthur was uh, was I think he was injured, so he might come back into the team. I I mean, he I think Max Meyer can also play at CDM. Not the best, but yeah, I just it's weird because we over insane. Playing yeah. a, not playing a cam and instead deciding to play a cam at CDM. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It is very sad, I'm afraid. Yeah, it makes me want to shoot my foot, but the the Milivojevic red card, no complaints from anyone, I'm assuming. As no. soon as I saw that tackle, I was thinking, yeah, red. Red all yeah. day. Um Alice tried to appeal, but I mean, come on, man. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> red. It's just silly. Yeah. Um. So as as unfortunately as poor as Palace were, I think Wolves Wolves were excellent. Certainly in the first half uh, of this game, the the debutant left back uh, Ryan Ait Nuri, who's on on loan from somewhere that I can't Angers, I think possibly, with an option to buy. Um. He played really well. I thought I was actually really impressed by his performance. Um, yeah, I was too. Made lots of good runs into the space, into the channels on the outside of Palace's fullbacks, and um, caused a lot of problems. That partnership on the left side that he ended up forming with Daniel Podence was um, really prolific in this game. Podence is class, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, he's some kind of player. It's funny, I forgot to mention that Batshuayi now has three goals in a row that were offside, so... As a Chelsea fan, as a Chelsea fan, this does sound true. Yeah, it's the same player, (laughs) same player. Yeah, did y'all not do, teach him that rule him over there? Yeah. <laughs> I, I like him. Do, oh. do y'all teach him the rule over there? Um, we, I mean, he, I, I love, I love the guy. Um, but to see him, yeah, underwhelm is not a new thing. Um, I, I mean, I certainly love, love that he's getting minutes. But um, other than a, a nice man, uh, goal against Man United last year, I cannot think of one thing. And he, he had a few chances under Frank. Um, I can't remember one game that I was just like, yeah. Mitchie is quality. Um, I mean, I love the guy. Yeah. love the guy. And I certainly yeah, love to see him start for you guys. Um, yeah. can I, is it okay I if I ask a question? I don't know how these No. Are. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ask away. <laughs> so, so what do you guys – I mean, there's a lot of defensive options. I mean, I think Wolves have had a solid defensive unit for, for a while, certainly the end of last season, barring that last uh, Chelsea game. Um, and they've kept a, a few clean sheets at the start. But what, what are they going to do? I mean, Johnny's still out with injury. I think he's coming back. Um, we have these two new young defenders for Wolves, but Sice, what I mean, he was dropped out of the team for hardly any reason. What what is the what does the back line look like for, for Nuno? I think Sice will probably come back in. I thought Kilman looked good, but I think this may have just been kind of an ex- like an experiment of sorts, you know? But I definitely think they'll stick with the current wingbacks that played in this game because you know, uh, they both just looked for how young they are, they both looked very experienced and they just played played very smartly and I, I could see him giving them you know one or two more games to see if this is something that's going to work and if it doesn't then swapping them out but I, I think they're going to get some more chances and then if they keep performing then they'll I think they'll retain their spot what's what's the deal with this uh is it Marsal is that how you say it was he is he just backup or there was a lot made out I think originally about this signing but I haven't heard anything since to be honest I don't know if my head's just under a rock or well he got injured and in, I think what was only his second appearance and he's meant to miss a significant chunk of the season, I believe. I think it was a pretty serious injury. 
which is why we saw Aitnori start this game. Uh, but I think, honestly, I agree with Reese in that I don't see why, off the basis of this performance, like I don't see why Nuno would feel the need to rotate um, the the wingbacks because they were superb, I thought. Um, and, yeah, Semedo also. Uh, playing one of his first games for Wolves. I don't think it was his debut, but it was one of his first games, and I was impressed by him as well. Uh, and then Max Kilman as well, who's come into the team as of late. Um, we mentioned this on the last pod, actually, but... He was scouted by Wolves because he played for England's national futsal team. Uh, and then he was brought in at Wolves into the academy. And, and I think it shows because he's he's uh, really good on, on the turn for a center back. Most center backs, um, some of the things that they lack are the ability to turn on the ball quickly and find a pass. But Max Kilman, I've been very impressed by his ability to take the ball into feet and turn and um, play quick balls into the channels. Um, so... I think, honestly, for Nuno, especially after this clean sheet, stick with the five he's got now and just cross the bridge of, of change when, when he gets there, really. so I have an interesting stat. Uh, I think I heard the commentator say this. Uh, this is kind of off-topic. It's still within the realms of the game, though. Uh, I think this was Potence's second Premier League goal, and his first was also against Palace. Yeah, at Molyneux. Yeah. And it was a header. <laughs> Which is, yeah. <laughs> which is poor yeah, for five, someone five. who's five, yeah, five five, um, shorter than me, and that's saying something. So, what's and up, Josh? Back to the, <laughs> I was gonna say this is like the most complete their defense has looked, probably the whole season. Like not that they've looked bad, but they look like they've just been like missing something throughout like certain games of the season. Because they're the only team within the top 10 that has doesn't have a positive goal difference and they've just I don't know like for just from the couple games couple Wolves games I watched this year they haven't looked very complete defensively but I think the lineup they went with against Palace looked really good it just it looked more like last season when they were performing really really well especially against the top six I think this this improves them a lot offensively as well because you know they I, something I've noticed is that uh, up until this game pretty much they've just been like really really hammering the middle and trying to go down the middle constantly and pretty much not utilizing the wings and that may be you know they did it a lot they used the wings a lot when uh, Adama Traore played who he hasn't been starting as of late and uh, you know they. It, you just can't break through the middle all the time. And so I think this inclusion of, you know, really aggressive wingbacks who are always looking for the switch, you know, because pretty like, like Gage said, uh, both goals came from the wings. They had a lot of attacks coming from the wings as well. I, I think this, this just improves them all around. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think it, it I think utilizing that space in the wide area seems to be something that Nuno is um, concerning himself with in training, I would guess based on the pattern of play in this game, certainly. Um, I think, I mean, that is a decently enough, um, or a decent coverage there of, of Wolves and Palace and, and what things are looking like going forward for Real them. Real quick, shout out to my grandma for spoiling the goal again. Uh, <laughs> oh, I have a fun Not story grandma. Well. Yeah, tell it. So we're sitting there, and uh, uh, his grandma... 
actually texts him, and it was a frowny face. So Ethan's like, are you kidding me? He thinks, he thinks they're about to score, which what the text was is it was the offside goal. So then he's like, he, we're sitting there, and he, go, he looks at me and goes, at least it wasn't the other team scoring. And not even two seconds later, they scored. And I was really trying hard not to laugh, but I just busted out. I was like, dude, the uh, timing could it, not it have was been really better funny. for that. That's yeah. that is brutal, Grandma with the spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to flame her. <laughs> um, yeah. So quickly moving along, uh, along the fixture list here. This next game, uh, Ben analyzed this very uh, succinctly for us before the show began. So I'm going to ask you to do that uh, once again. For sure, for sure. Um, Sheffield United, Man City. Um, not not the most exciting game to wake up on your uh, on your Saturday and watch. Um, it was a moment of quality from Kyle Walker. Sort of nice that he scored against his uh, boyhood club, um, being Sheffield United. Um, but other than a singular moment of quality, we, we kind of saw the Pep team fail to do what they would want to do. Um, Sheffield um, were beat. They didn't offer a whole lot going forward. There was one chance, I think, at the end for... Uh, oh, was it Lundstrom again? I think it was that he just he uh, shot over the bar... Um, that he really should have put away for a, for a draw, a well-deserved draw, to be honest. But not not because either team really looked up for the game. Um, it was it was a singular moment of quality. Um, Sheffield United getting beat once again, um, but they're not really getting beat by a whole lot. Um, I think Aaron Ramsdale actually had a pretty good game. Um, interesting to see if they can if they can keep enough points to stay up this year. But this is not the Sheffield that we saw last year. Um, that's for sure. And also Pep in crisis maybe. Um, how is Man City going to cope? Uh, I'm, I'm really interested to see this Liverpool-Man City game uh, to see exactly what that's going to look like. I mean, they have a lot of injuries right now. Um, I don't know if, have, if you guys have anything to comment. Um, Fernando Torres is playing as striker a whole lot. Uh, I think Jesus is coming back now from injury, uh, but that might be slow. Who knows? I don't understand the insistence on playing wingers as strikers because it's like obviously not working for them. I don't know why they don't gamble uh, on their youth players. Well, do they have any like? They have that one guy, the uh, the lap or the lap. Oh like yeah, 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 Richie Delap. And I was actually the one time I I, th- I saw him play once this season, and I was actually pretty. I was I wasn't pretty impressed, but because he only played for like ten minutes, but I was relatively impressed. And I don't know why he hasn't gotten any more game time, considering their injuries. I mean, I, I think. think this... I was just gonna say, I think whenever you have so many big name, big money players on the bench. Like it's hard to justify starting a youth player. This is kind of the problem with City's model a little bit. Um, but I mean, I take your point though. Fun fact about Ferran Torres that I've just seen, by the way, he was born on Leap Day in, the, in so he's like February five? 29th. Yeah, he's five years old. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Josh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I think this might end up being like the most boring Man City Liverpool derby. Not really a derby, but rivalry game, I guess, that we've seen in the last four years since they both kind of strung to their dominance just because Man City have looked really meh. Liverpool have looked pretty meh. Like, it's just one of those games where it's just like, normally I'd be looking really forward to, really looking forward to this game. But now I'm just like, I'm going to watch it, but like, I'm not super excited for the game. I feel like because you say that though, it's gonna end up being like five four. I think it will be. I actually think it that's, will be because neither team knows. <laughs> neither team knows how to defend. 
Like, yeah, yeah I think that's true. It'll be an open game. I, I think I heard a stat. I think it was from The Guardian. I could be wrong. Um, but I think other than the promoted clubs, I think Liverpool and Man City were the top four big chances con- conceded. Uh, I'm sure I'll get a whole lot of flack if that's not true. Um, I'm, I'm not surprised. The quality of chance that they had conceded. I mean, obviously, the, the Aston Villa game has a lot to do with that. Um, there's been certain moments in the, in the Man City games. Um, but that they are conceding good quality chances when they do. Um, it could be a really open game. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool have actually conceded the second most goals in the entire league. Um, West, Brom on, West Brom on 16th and Liverpool on 15th, um, and that's the second most. And City um, only conceding eight, which is second least, or joint second least. So, um, And at time of recording, Arsenal are still uh, the best defense in the league. So, <laughs> Which tells you a lot about the state of the defending in the Premier League this season, I think. <laughs> Actually, I think it tells you it's pretty obvious to see that David Luiz has been injured. Ah, yes. <laughs> of course. I think part of Man City's trouble in giving away so many chances is because they're so forward-focused. And, like, like Kyle Walker just pushes up the wing, like, not 90% of the time, but a lot of the time that's kind of, like, his main asset is his offensive capabilities being yeah. able to keep up with the wingers and backtrack. But also, like, even if you look at their midfield, it's like De Bruyne is going to push up a lot. Bernardo Silva is going to – he's a mainly an offensive attacking player. And then Rodrigo has been absolutely horrible at times. He looks like a kindergartner running around in circles at a on a Saturday at a YMCA game. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like they're, I don't know if it's necessarily, like – the defense being horrible i think they're missing someone in that midfield to like lock it down i think that's something they could maybe look for in the winter window i also think that they're starting to miss arteta's coaching because i i know we talked about pep fraudiola a couple weeks ago and i tifo tifo did a video on um on it a few weeks ago like the day after we to release the podcast and it was pep it was about pep how he never was a coach he went straight to being a manager and i think arteta brought a lot of that defensive coaching to the entire team not just necessarily the midfield and i think you're starting to see that with man city just because they are conceding so many chances because arteta isn't there anymore and Pep just doesn't have the coaching experience. Like, yes, he has that managerial experience, but that's very different from being, like, in there with the players and, like, help and, like, being in there, like, in the nitty-gritty with their training. Yeah, and, I mean, the players who, like, were very outwardly spoken about the positive influence that he had, like, on their personal growth were, you know, the likes of Sterling and uh, Sané, who, you know, is not there anymore. But, like, these big, these big players... Uh, also wingers who, you know, Sterling hasn't really gotten off and running as opposed to previous season as, as this season. So it may be as, as a result of uh, Arteta, you know, not being there anymore. I was going to say earlier, uh, you mentioned that like midfield presence that they're lacking. I, I feel like they really haven't recovered from the like uh, transition away from Fernandinho because he was so instrumental, instrumental to that team. And, you know, he's, he doesn't really get into the starting eleven anymore, unless there's a billion injuries. Yeah, and if he does, so, it's at center back. 
Yeah. So it, it's very it's very strange, but they yeah they just have not recovered from the loss of him. I think. Sorry, I just saw I something that pissed like, me off. The bench goalkeeper for Man City is wearing number eighty five. That makes me upset. I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Trent wears sixty-six. I I know it used to make me mad, but now I'm I'm over it. I'm over it. Now it's iconic. It's iconic, yeah. Did Zach Stefan get injured? Um, I hope not. Well, he got called up for the latest U.S. squad, so I don't think so. I don't know. Club Bruges keeper, who the American Horvath, he has put in some. Yeah, he has made some amazing saves. He's not at, like, obviously he's at Bruges, so, like, he's not going to, he's going to face a lot of shots just based on, like, the Champions League groups and where the Belgium, when the Belgian League is in the coefficient. But he's actually made some, like, amazing saves and, like, recovered a lot in certain games. Maybe Zach Steffen is injured because he didn't, he wasn't in the squad yesterday against Olympiacos either. But he played there uh, against Marseille, right? I think he, yeah, I think he, he no, played he in a few in cup games this year. I think. Uh, he did not play against Marseille, but he did play against Porto. So I don't know. Take of that what you will. Hopefully, I he just picked up a little knock and he'll be ready to go when. Yeah. Whenever he's needed for the United States, if and when qualifying for the World Cup gets going. Uh, someone said earlier that um, they thought their defensive issues could be fixed in the January window, but I mean, I'm just pulling up here that uh, Ruben Diaz was 68 million euros. Uh, I mean, the, the Man City are notorious for just throwing money at things. I mean, how much money do they? I know being a Chelsea fan and specifically this window is not the is not the the best place to be speaking uh, from <laughs> in terms of spending money. Um, but how much money did they need to spend to get this? I mean, it feels like for the past two three seasons we've been like if they just got another center back if they just got another center defender i mean they got they got rodri i mean they, they've been they've spent money on Cancelo. how much money do they need to spend to to finally be like yes pep's got a, a defensive unit well that's what i'm saying i don't think pep knows how to coach defenders i think he just buys finished articles and when they don't end up being what he needs he just buys someone else and as yeah, much as that's also just like that's just where he like comes from like it's not his fault that he just got thrown into a manager position like he didn't have that very key developmental time as a manager to be in there with coaching like you can even like look like i know he was a professional footballer before he came there but you also have to look at like where he came from while he was playing he went to barcelona right at the height of la masia when they were like every player in our club in our youth system is going to be good on the ball able to pass it around and not really focus as much on defending they're more focused on pressing getting the ball back and holding possession which is he's, their he's, strategy of defense really but yeah i mean he is an esteemed manager though like if he doesn't if he didn't know how to defend like i mean he's had jobs at barcelona at man city at by like He's a he's. I feel like he's a little bit of a higher. Like I, don't, I think he's too high of a manager to be like. Well, he just doesn't know how to defend. Like surely, surely he has picked up tips along the way. Like what? It, well, I don't know. Look, look at the names that he had at those clubs. You know, at Barca. <coughs> excuse me. He had a like uh, PK and PK and Puyol was his starting center back partnership. Yeah. Uh, who do you have at Bayern? 
Boateng and Hummels. Yeah, but it was like height of Boateng's career before yeah. he was stinky poo poo. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's like it, it, we we talked about this. I think uh, two weeks ago. I think I brought up this this quote, but uh, he he. He literally he was asked in an interview something about defending, and he literally is quoted saying, "I don't teach my players how to tackle or something like that." Because they were like, uh, "Your players have the worst uh, tackling record in in the league. What are you doing to to stop that?" He goes, "Nothing. I don't teach tackling." And so, like, I don't really know how much of a stretch it is to say he doesn't know how to coach defending. Because you I mean, even if he didn't, just bring someone in who does. Like, like that's why you have your full staff. You have to look at like, like at any manager. Um, like, look at how big their staff is on the bench. Like, even like even with like COVID restrictions, this is still like a restricted number of coaching staff. Like, and just look at yeah, how that's much. True, but it's city. No, they have the money. Just look at like how, like how much staff you have to blame the lack of defending and having the worst tackling record on the league in the league on the manager is kind of a ridiculous statement to say that's like saying that's like looking at a principal and being like why did your this one kindergartner not know how to spell well no i don't think that's true at all i think it's it boils down to the philosophy like the like pep is the like central like the focal point of man city's footballing philosophy and they teach defending by possession which like yeah. in Spain works fine. Like keeping possession of the ball in Spain is is a way to defend. But in England that's not it has not and will never work unless you have Vincent I Company mean, or someone similar. And they because I mean, they had Vincent Company in the back line who knows yeah, how to so defend. Like, or you're spelling that it would work for. And they're they're in the financial position to do that though. I mean yeah. true for your spelling in, analogy to work it would have to be like Sorry, where ahead. they can just spend whatever money they want at any center backs. Like we talked about it in the summer whenever the the ruling got upheld by uh, the whatever the court, court of arbitration. arbitration for sport. That was a very sad day. I remember. And we talked. Yeah, I was very upset. And <laughs> they and we, like if you look at it, like they have like no net profit except for like one season in the last ten seasons, and. They can just throw money at the problems. We've justified that. Not us, but like someone has justified them just like throwing money at the problem. And they're just going to cycle through defenders till they find the person who can just sit in that back line and hold on to the ball. Might not be the best way of doing it, but it worked for him at Barca. He won two Champions Leagues there. It worked for him in the Premier League. He won two, three, however many titles he's won while he's here. Yes, they missed out on the Champions League, but... I mean, it works if you have the talent to do so, and that's why he, like, he would never work at a mid-table team because he wouldn't have the defensive talent to make his system work. But at a Man City, at a Barca, at a Bayern, at another like huge like international club with this huge name, it's gonna work. At wouldn't some at some point, it's gonna fail. Wouldn't you just love to see him take over like a Burnley and just yes. like just you know Pep Guardiola takes over Sean Dyche's Burnley and we just see him play long balls all the time. It's just beautiful. <laughs> well, see Sean Dyche. I, I think Sean Dyche is a coach who knows how to coach defending better than Pep. 
Like, that's a genuine statement that I believe is true. So, like, it, it would be an it would be s extremely interesting thought experiment to see. Um, and that has actually worked beautifully in my favor in terms of segueing to the next game. Um, <laughs> because the next game is Sean Dyches Burnley playing host to um, Ben's Chelsea. Ben, not that Ben's the manager. I'm sure you'd like to be, well, but... Um, I mean, <laughs> at times, at times. You don't know what he does in his free time. <laughs> I guess that's true. Well, this game uh, was hardly a contest, really. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, as, a, as a Chelsea fan, it, it felt like a good one. Uh, we, we've had some, some weird games. We've had some dicey games where, you know, three up, uh, two up against Southampton, um, where we you know, feel like you should be in a commanding position. So I've never been super comfortable with a 1-0 lead at halftime. Um, but... Um, seen seen some some really good stuff. Some weird some weird things from a Chelsea point of view in terms of that I can say uh, good defending under a Frank Lampard team. Um, it's uh, it was it's it's been uh, a little bit uh, of a hard time against uh, Man United against Sevilla getting nil nil draws. Um, but to to have as many clean sheets in the past, I think what five and five when you consider today's European game. I think um, this is not these are not the numbers that we thought uh, of whenever we thought of Frank Lampard's Chelsea last year. Um, I don't know if it's going to continue, um, but I do think I do think what we what we have in the window, what we got in the window was Thiago Silva, um, a leadership quality, which is something maybe I could say we could say is lacking in Man City right now. Um, since they since they got rid of Vincent Company, who I think was a huge leader, um, we finally now have a leader, someone who's going to cajole and yell at the other people in the back line to organize. Um, whenever him and Aspilicueta are both on the pitch, I think we have two fantastic leaders. Um, I do not believe I do not believe that was the case today. But Thiago Silva made some fantastic saves. People were talking about can he cut it in the Premier League? Will he will he be able to to handle a, a night um, when Burnley come to town or when we go to uh, to Turf Moor? And there was one diving tackle that he made. Uh, I think it was was Ashley Barnes or Chris Woods. We went he went down uh, to his legs and stripped the ball. It was beautiful. Um, and also we have like a goalkeeper who can function. This is weird. This is weird, <laughs> unprecedented time. For um, honestly, if he can move and catch the ball, sometimes uh, it doesn't take much to impress a, impress a Chelsea fan right now. Um, but I will take 3-0. Um, I think it's great to see uh, Hakim Ziyech finally in the team uh, doing some good stuff. He scored in both of his first two games uh, in Europe and domestically. Uh, a fantastic talent, I think. I mean, I, I don't know that we can say that any of the Chelsea uh, forward people are, are for sure going to be to live up to the price tag. Right now, I mean, they're still settling in. Um, I was talking to my my Liverpool friend um, two weeks ago, saying, "Wow, this could be this could be it with all these signings." Uh, I'm not certain. I don't know that we have quite the momentum that you, know, you could say Liverpool or Tottenham, you know, sitting at quite at the top of the table have. Um, I just hope we don't lose too many points here in this sort of melding phase, in this transitioning phase, um, to be completely out of top four or however you want to say. Um, if you consider Chelsea a team that, that could build momentum into some sort of a title challenge, I don't know. With the league as weird as it is right now, it seems like every week there's surprises. Um, but a routine win. Burnley didn't didn't seem to offer very much. I, I worry for Burnley. Um, we'll see if they can put together. I, I believe in Sean Dyche, but it's been a startling season so far for them. I don't know what you guys have been thinking. I have a question regarding the new guys that I, I need to ask you because I just need to know. Because I feel like it may just be the case of I have not watched every Chelsea game. But, you know, 
I have been very underwhelmed by Kai Havertz so far. Is that the general feeling you're getting as well, or is or am I just like off on that? Um, I don't think that he's been spectacular. I mean, I think I think um, there have been moments of quality from all of the new signings at some point. Um, I think that's true. Certainly, Ben Chilwell has, has added to the new defense. Thiago Silva as well. Ben Chilwell on attacking sense. Uh, Ziyech has been injured for a long time, so we haven't seen the best of him, but there's positive signs. Um, Werner is finally now, when you consider um, domestic and Europe is getting off the mark, um, he might be on penalties now, which is crazy to think that we won't see the Jorginho hop and skip anymore. Um, but uh, Kai Havertz, other than, I think it was the game against Barnsley in the Carabao Cup, uh, where he got a hat trick, um, that has sort of quelled some of the um, the unrest um, with him. He's We don't have a great track record for our top signings. Um, in in Keppa, and now he is our I think our second most that we've ever spent on a player, just under Keppa's fee. I haven't I haven't been super super impressed in terms of wow that was awesome. Um, but I think there's enough there. There's been moments of quality. There was a like a lung bu- gun uh, wow lung busting run that he did at the end of one game to win the ball back, which is nice to see from an attacking midfielder. Um, I'm certainly interested to see where this partnership goes with Mount. Um, whenever whenever things first started in the media, whenever Havertz was first being linked, um, there were rumors that Mount was unhappy, but we're actually seeing maybe, uh, at least against some of these teams that sit back a little bit more like Burnley, uh, that it might be more of a Mount-Havertz partnership, which didn't look that bad. Um, I think, I think to, if you look at just his goals and assists so far, it is maybe not um, worth exactly what he's, we've paid for, but he has not been, he's not been poor. Um, but I think it's going to take time. I think it's going to take time for people to learn each other. Um, there, the the lineup is changing every week, partly due to injury. Um, but until we actually know, is is Werner going to start every week? Is he going to play off the left? Is he going to be in the center? Is Tammy going to get minutes? Um, is Mount going to play all the time, or is he just going to be a, a sub? Um, it's going to be impossible to be like, yes, they are playing free flowing attacking football all the time especially in a period when we're trying to focus on defense and tighten up the back and get some sort of confidence. All of our confidence last year was shot with Kepa and goal. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think we conceded that many chances last year, but it was just like all the ones that we did, they just went in. When you have a, a keeper that has gloves covered in like butter or whatever, I don't know. It was crazy. <laughs> um, so, I mean, a roundabout way, I've not been, I've not been super impressed with Havertz, but I mean, I think there's enough there that, I mean, Chelsea are right where they need to be in my opinion. I mean, we are figuring things out. If if defenses, defense, defensive results continue to be solid, I think there's enough attacking quality in that front three, front four to, to get us the points. Um, but it's a matter of time. Will he be worth it? We'll see. I think there's the making of a, of a very good player there, though. Yeah, and I mean, I think I it's... I will say, I don't want to seem, uh, like, hypocritical because Arsenal side, it's very similar to, like, Pepe, where I still have very... I have full faith that he's going to develop, but, you know it's going to take time sure. and i'm sure that's the case with Havertz as well but i i definitely i definitely think i built him up more in my head and i was expecting more at this point but uh it's still early days for sure so i think i agree with you there well it's it's tough because when we saw him whenever the hype was first breaking about oh he's going to leave leverkusen we saw him playing as a false nine um which is yeah. way more flashy in terms of stats and now that he's playing center mid uh or off the right which isn't like isn't the best a position for him right now to to look at his goals and assists and be like well this isn't what it was at the end of last season is a little bit misleading whenever he's just playing a completely different system different people around him yeah i was literally just about to bring that up at leverkusen he was he was the focal point of that team i mean it was clear the way that they set up tactically and with with regards to their system that 
it was built around Havertz, and whenever he is in that false nine position, he's got support from both of his wingers, the wingbacks coming in when they played that system at Leverkusen, and the two holding in behind. And at Chelsea, I think he's just going to have to adjust to becoming just another piece of that puzzle with so many other exceptional players in the lineup, and I think he will eventually. I just think it could be a, a transitional-type period for him at the moment. So, I think we also need to remember he's 21. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he still has a lot to go. I think it's similar to how we treated uh, Gabriel Jesus whenever he came to the Prem. It's like he was like a kid, basically, whenever he came to the Prem. Like, they both still have, like, massive amounts of time, at least in terms of a career, a career sense, like, to develop and just... He's only 21. He's coming to a different country that he's never lived in before, and there's a lot to go in to his life completely changing, going on its head by moving to another country and living somewhere else and being a 21-year-old. Sure. I wonder, I was just thinking about this, you know, I talked about, uh, on the last pod, I was talking, when I was talking about Arsenal's formation, I was talking about that Eden Hazard kind of free roam position. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wonder if, because, you know, they never really replaced that kind of player. They just changed systems. Mm. I wonder if Havertz could be someone who could fill that position. And, you know, he's not a winger, so it'd be a little different. But in that kind of, you know, Mesodozal, Eden Hazard, kind of just go wherever there's space and create space, I think he could possibly be a player that could, you know, specialize in that. It's true. I, I, I saw a lot of um, Eden Hazard... Uh, in the way that Ziyech was playing this week, he was he was just he was very fluid. He was making those sort of that that assist to set up Timo in the last goal. I thought was beautiful, and it's like it, it felt like we were playing FIFA at that time. It's like wow, it just it just sort of happened. Um, but also, Chelsea Chelsea's front front line right now is just very free flowing. I mean, there was it was against the it was against Crystal Palace when the announcers were just like trying to figure out what positions people were playing. It's like. It's, it's very interesting to see just people moving in and out. I think uh, whenever we have Tammy Abraham, there's a solid sort of focal point. Um, we see him maybe not getting all the goals, but I, he's had a few good assists that have been like, all right, all right, Tammy. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I think um, one thing before we move on, I, I want to get your take on. Um, I, as a Chelsea fan, have been a little bit worried because last year I thought our best midfielder by far has been uh, Kovacic, and I haven't seen very much of him this year i mean i don't know if he's a lot of talk was mason mount's gonna miss some minutes and we've still seen mason mount but i haven't seen much of Kovacic, and we've even preferred Jorginho, i think to to uh to him in in recent times and so maybe it maybe burnley's just not the team uh, that we want to see a whole lot of uh of Kovacic's dribbling and 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 ball retention but um be very sad for me as a chelsea fan whenever he was like a glimmer of hope from last year when we were conceding goals left and right to to see him miss out yeah, yeah, I think he's probably just suffering from that like midfield overload. Yeah, there's just so many players. And I think the reason that he prefers players like Conte and Jorginho to him is because they provide more in, from a defensive perspective than Kovacic does. Obviously, Kovacic is more of a sort of box-to-box role um, and just offers less in terms of being an actual destroyer. Um, I Yeah, I really just think he's kind of collateral damage from Pep, or uh, not Pep, from Frank wanting to play this languid attacking style with all the new signings coming in. So, it is unfortunate for him, obviously, after off the back of such a good season, but I do think he just might end up being the kind of 12th man in that squad, um, unfortunately enough for him. So, 
Um, yeah, brilliant. Do we have anything else on this game, gentlemen? Uh, anything on Burnley? Um, I mean, I, it's, it's, they've been a, a promising team in years past, but it's been an underwhelming start, you have, you have to say, I think, from Shandesh's men. Yeah, I think, I think they'll sort themselves out. Back. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're going to be back in a relegation fight. They were a few oh. years ago, I don't think. I, I mean, I don't think they're going to... I don't think they're going to go down. I think they have too much experience just from a coaching perspective and from a player perspective. But I do think they're going to struggle a little bit this year. Just from They've had some injuries, too. So far. They've had some injuries, too, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. Ben Mee's still out, I think. Tarkowski's just coming back, right? Uh, yeah. I think so. I think I agree with Gage in that I think they're just going to have to just kind of um, suffer a slow start and hop on the bounce because I, I i i don't think they're gonna i i don't think they'll be in a relegation fight i think they will end up being in like a comfortable 13th or 14th yeah they're ridiculously well coached i i don't think i don't think it'll be a problem for them this season honestly i think it's just a slow start i don't know the thing that makes me nervous is that they do only have a point from seven games like that's a lot of games to only have a point from. I know, but I if guess, you look like, at who they've played, though, like they they yeah, they've had a very unkind start. Yeah, I don't know. That's a lot of. It I, is. I it is. Just like... Could Sean Dice? Could Sean Dice do better than Burnley? Uh, I don't know. Yes, I think he's so tied to the Burnley be. identity that it's it's tough. I think the only thing he would ever leave for is if somehow the England job came available and something, and maybe Burnley went down at some point. I think maybe at that point, but even then, he like he's been relegated twice with them. I think once, once, and once, yeah, yeah. he's been one, relegated once with them, and they stuck with him. So I don't think it would be something that. I don't know. I think it would take a very extreme circumstance for him to leave Burnley. Yeah, agreed. So, uh, we will move along quickly to a game that uh, was almost an exact repeat of Liverpool's last game against Sheffield United. Um, the pattern of play was almost identical, actually, weirdly. Um, and, and not a lot exciting happened in this game, really. Um, West Ham continuing their good run of form against these teams that we thought they would get absolutely sandblasted by. Um, they started off well with a goal from Fornals, a well-taken goal, uh, near post strike along the ground. And uh, then Liverpool uh, pulled one back through Salah's penalty. And uh, they had Liverpool were much the better side in the second half. They scored one that was disallowed uh, because of Mane sliding into the goalkeeper. Um, which took some time for them to disallow, actually. And then Jota ends up scoring again um, to win uh, and get Liverpool the 2-1 win in the 85th minute. Jota, by the way, scored a hat-trick today in the Champions League or yesterday. Uh, I can't remember when they played, but uh, the man's making a serious case to be a starter in the Prem, I yeah, think. I was going to say, I definitely, uh, from what I've seen, you know, uh, Ottman, who's been on the show, I've been seeing his takes on Twitter and stuff. And uh, from what I've seen in these games, you know, I, you know, I've been talking about how Firmino, he's a great player and he offers a, offers a very specific role. 
but I think they would just be elevated if they had, you know, like a, a talisman who's playing striker. And Jada's not a striker, but that's kind of where he's been playing in this team. And he's been consistently scoring. So I think it's only a matter of, matter of time before he starts getting picked over Firmino, maybe even just as, an, as a sort of experiment for some period. But I, I think it could happen, like, very soon because he's just on fire. I mean, he was the one who came off for for er, uh, for Jada in this game, Firmino, um, and it worked clearly because Jada was the yeah. one who ended up getting the goal. So actually, both substitutes linked up uh, Shakiri with the assist with another um, of our favorite yummy disguise balls um, yeah. across into the box and fooling the defenders. So, um, yeah, West Ham have done very very well in this period, um, ensuring their you know, distance from a potential relegation fight at the moment. Certainly there is time for that to change, but uh, at the moment they're looking to be in a good position. Not a lot of shame in losing to Liverpool, really, even in their weakened state. Um, Nat Phillips, by the way, who came in uh, at center back, I thought was great. I thought he was excellent. Um, Yeah. He was, I thought he was better than Joe Gomez, even, (laughs) in this game, at least. Um, You know, whether or not that's sustainable, sustainable, I'm not sure, but um. Yeah, I mean, I was impressed. I thought he did fine. I think so. a big thing missing though is we had Antonio out. Correct. I mean, I I, I feel as though that is a very different problem to have uh, to to try and solve than uh, a pretty stationary Alaire. Um. Uh, to 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 my eyes, didn't do much the entire game. Kind of mm-hmm. just didn't oh, yeah. anything. Um. I mean, nice job if you're Matt Phillips, but like, is that hard? A, is it that hard of a job to uh, to contain Alaire? I I don't know. I'm not a professional football player football player but i would say um maybe not um but west ham are definitely I'm, an interesting team sorry i'm pretty sure alaire's first touch of the game was a missed tackle because mm. <laughs> I, I felt like he was just not touching the ball at all like you were saying he was just completely absent west ham are a confusing team in that they somehow will get will get amazing results against uh, Man City and and te- I mean I'm sure whenever Chelsea face them that we are going to lose I'm I'm just sure of that thing um, but they cannot seem to get results against like like Newcastle and it's extremely frustrating as a as a fan as as anyone who um, plays any sort of uh, fantasy game it's just like how do you how do you predict West Ham like I am sure that as soon as these fixtures turn around we should start saying well can West Ham be a top top ten team? Can they make a play for some of the toppers? They're gonna they're gonna be awful. That just seems to be how West Ham play. True. It is strange. It is very strange. Antonio, though, you're right in saying Antonio's a threat all in himself, um, and at times has carried this West Ham team through games and crucial moments. He's just such a complete um, workhorse player. Maybe not the most technically gifted player, but just willing to work, willing to run, and um, can hit a ball harder than probably anyone in the Premier League. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think... their attack is starting to look really dangerous, because also, it's worth noting, Pablo Fernals has been consistently performing in the past few games, and he's starting to look like the player we were expecting him to be when he first signed. He's looking very, very keen. And, you know, there was a moment in this game uh, where he was very selfish, and, like, Bowen was right open, and he didn't pass it. Mm-hmm. But, you know... That- that just shows that he's he's feeling very confident right now, which could be something pretty dangerous. All right. We are going to take a quick interlude here between the Saturday and Sunday fixtures uh, because I've got a little surprise prepared for you all. And it is a quiz. It is Mr. Let's quiz go. back 
making a return. So, this quiz is going to have a couple of rules. Um, this isn't, this is one that I've been meaning to do for a while, but I haven't exactly figured out how to work it until now, because it's a little bit complex, because this is going to be a, qu a quiz for each of you about your own clubs. Um, so... I bet you didn't expect to have to take a quiz, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm quite scared. I just, I just, I, I hung up my school teacher uh, uniform and I'm back in school here with a yeah. standardized yeah. test. Um, yours, yours is actually probably the most difficult of the four. Um, oh, that's but, great. But you will have, I'm going to give you more leeway on uh, some of the bonus, bonus content okay. um, to make cool. up your score, so... Um, There's nothing quite like the feeling of coming in as an expert guest on a pod and just immediately being humble. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you wouldn't be the first um, to be humbled by by one of the tr the, the tr uh, slapcast quizzes. Uh, I'm humbled by them every. As I'm sure Reese can attest. Um, Reese, you are actually going to go first in this quiz oh, because oh I. But it's because I think your yours is the easiest. Um, well, now you say that, I'm not going to know anything. I know. I know. <laughs> So, I'm going to give you two minutes uh, to name as many Arsenal players that are currently in the squad or out on loan, um, so just on the books at Arsenal, who have been sent off in the Premier League. So I'm going to give you two minutes to do that, and then everyone else, um, any that he doesn't get at the end of the two minutes, you will have the chance to that? steal for double yeah. points. So... Reese, are, are we you allowed to look at the squad list? No. You are not. Okay. So, Reese, are you prepared? Yes. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one, go. Okay, David Louise. Yes. Mustafi. No. Uh, Bellerin. <laughs> no. Abamyang. Yes. Uh, Jaka. Yes. Uh. Um. Hmm. <laughs> this is where it gets it gets difficult. Uh, um. Thomas Party. No, Thomas Wait, Party. Only for Arsenal or in their career? Only for Arsenal, yeah. In oh, and only in the Premier League, yeah. Um. Callum Chambers. Yes, actually, good shout. Uh, Rob Holding, he was sent off on his debut, I think. Not in the Premier no, League. It was it yes, it is Mavropanos. <laughs> great, great shout. Yes, he is on the books. Uh, One minute remaining. Gosh. Everyone Ketia, else keep thinking. Yeah, and Ketia, good. Everyone else keep thinking uh, you will have the chance to steal at the end. Maitland-Niles. Yes! Well done, sir. One more, one um, more. Mesut Ozil. No. Uh... Crap! Oh God! Current squad. Current yeah, squad, current squad or on the books? On yes. Don't say anything until the two Does minutes it have are up. To be for Arsenal or is it Premier League? No, it, like it for Arsenal in the Premier League. Fuck! I'm sure it's somebody on loan that I'm forgetting. On loan. Twenty seconds. Twenty seconds. Uh, crap. 12 seconds. I I don't know who's on loan. 
we're coming down to the end of the time here. Everyone else be ready for your steals. That is time. Does anyone have any guesses? I'm only going to give you one guess for the steals. Ben. Ben uh, has a my guess. guess. My guess, is, my guess is, isn't someone on loan. Uh, I don't believe... Well, my guess was going to be Nketiah before you hear that, but now I'm going to say uh, El Nenny? Think he was sent off? Yes, El Nenny was actually sent off, and that was not one of the ones that Reese got, so there was actually two more. But yes, well done, El Nenny. Um, stolen by Ben for double points. Did he say Mustafi? He did say Mustafi, and that is wrong. Surprisingly. Oh, okay. Oh, I guess that's my guess then. Okay. Ethan, Man, I don't know. <laughs> Ethan doesn't know. Okay. You don't have to give me points for it, but can you give me a hint? And I'll just, it like, was in the North points. London Derby. He was sent off in the North London Derby. Huh? It was like in the 95th plus minute. Oh, Terrera? Lucas Terrera. It is Lucas Terrera. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because Danny Rose had one like identical just before. Yeah, and he didn't get sent off. He didn't get a card. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Reese with eight points on the board. Ben with two. So far, not even on his own quiz. So well done. Josh. Josh, you're next. So again, same okay. same business here. You've got two minutes to name all the Leicester players who have been sent off. Um, and you can't just name every player in the squad. Maybe we should have a strike system here. Um, That's smart. I didn't even think about doing that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to give you, I think, how many How many did Reese guess wrong? I'm going to say five. I guessed Mustafi wrong. I guessed Ozil wrong. I guessed so, Bellerin wrong. So I okay, wrong. so three. So we'll give you three strikes, Josh. Uh, so, I had four. Sorry. Okay, four. We'll give you four right. strikes. Um, your two minutes. Okay, how many are there? There's nine. Uh, and these are people. Okay. There are some that are out on loan currently uh, as well, similar to Arsenal. So, uh, here we go. Two minutes begins. Three, two, one. Go. West Morgan. Yes. Three times, actually. Johnny Evans. Yes. Yes, I know. <laughs> Soyuncu. Yes. Vardy. Yes, also three times. <laughs> <laughs> All Brighton. Yes, well done. Indeedy. Yes. Okay, now it's going to start being shots in the dark now. Amarty? <laughs> that was the one I did not think you were going to get, but yes. It's because I hate him. <laughs> I have... None left on my list that I made. Okay, there's three left. Uh, Are we allowed to make a list? How many? Yeah, you can. I didn't. I didn't have time to. make Okay, a don't list. make a list. Okay. Um, bad. Um, how many of them are on I'm loan? I can't tell you. I can't even think of who's out on loan. One minute remaining. And three Casper? three guesses remaining. No, not Casper Spinkle. That'll be strike one, sir. Decent enough guess, but... Oh, no, he's not on our... Is he? I don't know Silva? what you're going to say. No, not on the books. He's gone. Strike two. How much time is left? 30 seconds. You've still got three to go. 
I'm there's one that I'm extremely surprised you haven't gotten yet. Oh, Christian Fuchs. No. Not in the Premier League. What? Strike okay. three. Ten seconds remaining. Oh, uh, bup, bup. four seconds. Three, two, one. Ianacho. Wow. No, that is time. Oh no! Don't make the sound. That's my alarm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there are three remaining, gentlemen of the peanut gallery. Do you have any guesses? Yeah. No guesses peanuts. from Ben. Ethan has peanuts with him. In fact, Reese, you look like you're thoughtful. Telemans. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Telemans is wrong. Ethan, have you got one? I don't know. <laughs> is this free? Can we just can we just Yeah, just, just have a can shot. We, can we get three guesses? No. There's three missing players? One guess. Or there's So Reese is dead. Um I don't think he said I'm just gonna say it just because I don't think he said it. James Madison. James Madison is correct! James Madison has been sent off. James Madison has been sent off. I don't actually. It was uh, yeah. I should have. <laughs> no, I think it was a straight red. Um, I like I vaguely remember this. that. Uh, I don't. I thought about saying him, but no, I it was a second yellow. It was a second yellow against. Okay, can I get hints on the two? Oh other dear, players? it's it's um. Well, Ethan gets a guess. Still. It's having a shocker. Yeah, Ethan still gets a guess. Ethan already guessed Telemans. No, that was Reese. No, I guessed Telemans. Oh. Oh. Oh, it was Brighton. It was a double yellow against Brighton. Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, 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 I remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ethan. Uh, you're not going to get any guesses from me. Okay, yeah. he's not. Shoot one. Just shoot one. You get a free guess. Have one. Brendan Rogers. <laughs> they can actually get he red cards now books. he is on the books but no it's not brendan rogers um so josh you're two well I'll, I'll say obviously this is not for points but um one of them is out on loan and he was there for the premier league winning season he's been at leicester for about one billion centuries um oh fuck it he's welsh no andy king isn't at the club yeah, not andy king Maybe this guy's not Welsh. Maybe oh. he's English. I thought I swore he was Welsh. He's currently on loan at Barnsley. He is English. I was wrong. Yeah, I have no fucking clue on that one. Matty James. Matty James. Oh, God. Um, and the the final player is a Leicester Youth Academy product uh, who is a center midfielder and was sent off after a shocking challenge. Um, and I can't even remember who it was against. I just remember that it was shocking. Uh, this player is well known for his hair. Chowdery. Hamza Chowdery. 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 It is Hamza Chowdery, oh, I yes. I remember that too. Yeah, that's right. I remember that, yeah. All right, so Josh. Josh with six points on the board. Reese with a seven. Um, and Ben with four, despite not even having taken his own quiz. So, mine's gonna be real bad if it's, if, it's, if it's red cards, mine's going to be real the bad. The Chelsea one is really hard. I'm not going to lie. So, um, yeah. Ethan, you're up next, my friend. Uh, Same thing? Yeah, there are only four Palace players who have been sent off. So, it's not no as easy. But like I said, you're going to get, you're gonna get a, a... There's a bonus round that you're going to get a crack at. 
Um, yeah, so. Okay, okay. there's a lot more. Only four in the squad currently, and we're only talking Prem. So maybe in other mm-hmm. competitions, but four. Yeah, okay. Two minutes will begin as soon as I can, like, get my timer up. Um, I've had a shocker. Okay. Begins in three, two, one. Milivojevic? Yes. <laughs> Easy enough. Uh-huh. Yes. Tyreek Mitchell? Not Tariq Mitchell. Strike one. I thought he got sent off last season. Not in the Premier League, I'm afraid. Sacco? Yes. Tompkins? No. Strike two. No, I, I think he got sent off. I think not, sir. Against I'm, Brighton. I'm going to look, but... Tompkins was involved in Duffy getting sent off against Brighton, but he didn't actually get sent off mm-hmm. himself, I believe. No, I think he... Well... I'm I, I'm looking, but I'll. Uh, yeah, there is one more, by the way. Uh, Tompkins. Uh, hello. Tompkins has never been sent off in the prem for Palace. He's been sent off twice for West Ham, but not for Palace. Maybe it was the Brighton player that got sent off. It was yeah, I think it was Dunk. Who headbutted him? One more. One more, and it was the last season, even like very recently. We don't get oh. Forty-five seconds. Kelly. Not Martin Kelly. Strike three. One more strike, and one more to get. Thirty seconds. I forgot this happened too, though. Twenty seconds. Twenty seconds. One strike or one strike. What am I saying? Three strikes. One left to get. Ward. It's not Ward. You had ten seconds left, but does anyone know? Does anyone have a guess? Even. Uh, I'm just gonna say it for for. For Chelsea's sake, Gary Cahill? It's not Gary Cahill. It's a decent shout, but... Is it Riedewald? It's not Riedewald. Josh. Zaha? Ethan already said Zaha. The answer is Christian Benteke. Ah, I was thinking... I was uh, was Who got sent off after the final whistle. He got sent off after the final whistle last season. Um, I don't remember who it was against, even, but... It happened after the final whistle. Villa. Now that you it was that, against I Villa. That happening. Yes. So Ethan with three points on the board, but not to worry, my friend. You will have a shot at the bonus round. Um. Just because of the because of the sheer number of red cards that Leicester and Arsenal had on the books, I'm giving Ethan and Ben a bonus round, um, as well. Yeah, and now Ben, <laughs> Ben, it's your turn here. But this, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. This is a ridiculously hard quiz. Um, they're, they're all nice kids. What are you talking about? They're, they're yeah. Here. They're, they don't red card people. So. <laughs> Can I know how many there are? Yeah, there's three. <laughs> oh, God. There's three red cards that are currently in the team. Okay. Yes. And it's on loan as well. There are, yes. Players on loan are applicable, that which sucks for you because there's so many Chelsea players on loan. Um, uh, how many strikes do I get? I get three strikes. Four strikes. Four strikes. Four strikes. All right. I'll take it. So your two minutes, my friend, begins now. Okay, um, uh, Bakayoko. Yes! Well done, son! Uh, That's the one I didn't think you would get. because I remember him stinking a whole pile of dog poopy. Um, 
<laughs> Let's go with some people who've just been there for a while. Dave, ask for the Quinta. Yes! Well done! Uh, now, this is where it gets hard, because I don't know. Yeah. Um, Kurt Zuma. It's not Kurt Zuma, but good guess. Uh, Victor Moses. No, but another good guess. Two strikes. Hmm. 90 seconds remaining. Uh, Alonzo, Marcus Alonzo. It's not Marcus Alonzo. He was, he was oh, sent been, off twice. He was sent off twice in the Champions League, but never in the Prem. Oh, oh, man. Um, okay. Okay. Let's see. I got one more. Got one, one more, more guess. One more to guess. Guess in the dark. Um, currently in the squad. There's so many new people. Um, I'm gonna say just for fun, Willie Caballero. It's not Caballero. Decent guess, actually. But um, I was gonna guess it. That's four strikes. I'm very impressed by you with the Bakayoko. If you had completed the hat trick and gotten all three in a row, I was about to no. like squeal. Um, <laughs> so does anyone have any guesses for the steal? I'm gonna guess. Loftus Cheek. It's not Mr. Cheek. <laughs> it, it is not Mr. Cheek. Josh and Ethan, have you got a clue? I'm gonna be really mad. I changed my mind at the last second. I'm gonna be mad if it's that. Forgot all the people you said already. Ross Barkley. It's not Ross Barkley. Decent enough guess, but it's not. Uh, did you say Kovacic? He didn't say Kovacic, but it's not him either. It is Andreas Christensen. Oh, nuts. That literally just happened. So, yeah, it is Andreas Christensen. I know, yeah. But a solid showing from Ben on that one. Um, I don't know why I sounded like that, but Ben with six points, Reese with seven, and Josh with uh, six as well, and Ethan with three at this moment. But... Not to fear, my friend. There is time for you to recover. Um, so the way we're going to do this is the bonus round is going to be open for two minutes for um, Ben and Ethan only, and then Josh and Reese are going to get to steal at the end for double points. So that's the most fair way I had to do this. So, Ethan, you can actually still win the quiz. You are in with a shout. Glasses on. Um, They're the problem. Get the frick out of here. <laughs> Um, the challenge is going to be the same thing, but for my club, for Spurs. So, your two minutes to name the five Spurs players who have been sent off in the Prem that are currently on the books begins. Three, two, one, begin. Son. Yes. Eric Sanchez. Dyer. Not Eric Dyer. Yes, Sanchez. Loris. Not Loris. Good shout. Deli Alley. Not Deli Alley. He was sent off in the Europa League. Ben Davies. Indom not Indom Ben Davis. Not Ndombele. <laughs> You're both sitting at two strikes at the moment. Sissoko. Not Sissoko. Three strikes for Ethan. Davinson Sanchez. Ethan already said that, and I'm giving you a strike oh. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> One strike remaining for each of you. Three players are left. Alderweireld. No. Decent enough guess, but no, I'm afraid. Ethan, with one guess, three to get, can win the quiz if he gets all three of them. <laughs> with one minute and five seconds remaining. Davies? 
Oh, Ben's already said that even. And it's strike four for Ethan. I can't keep track of what all we said. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is it open that's yet? It is now open to you, Josh. Surely Aurier has been set It off. is Serge Aurier. I said it first, though. I said it first. I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. I said it as I said it as you said I opened it up. I didn't hear anything didn't of the hear, sort, I, I'm afraid. I said it, I swear I said it. I didn't hear anything of the sort. <laughs> the committee has spoken, I'm afraid. None of us VAR heard it. <laughs> we do need a VAR review. Okay, but there are two left. And Josh, Is you can... Alderbar? He's already said that. Oh, Josh. <laughs> Josh is stone, stone cold. I know. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But there are two remaining. Um, Reese has already guessed. Um, yeah, I guess that's it then. The quiz has, the quiz has ended. I'm afraid. Um, the two remaining were Juan Foyth, uh, who was sent oh, off yeah. alongside Sun in that Bournemouth game, and Danny Rose. Who is still on the books at Spurs? Um, oh yeah. Is he on loan right now? No, he's just. Or is he just not in the squad? He's mesodozling it, basically. Um, so, in controversial fashion, um, we may do a VAR review here, but Reese has uh, nine points. Josh is on six. Yeah, Josh would have. If he did say it first, he would have one more point. Ethan on five and Ben on six. I am going to stop recording quick and go back and do a quick VAR review and check to see if Josh did in fact say it. All right, we're back with you here after a lengthy VAR review. It has been determined that Josh has won the quiz. Whoa, Josh has won the quiz. I wish you guys could see what's going on. <laughs> After a VAR heartbreaker, Josh has indeed said surge. Just he said, he clarified, is it open to us? And I said yes. And then I said some other nonsense. And Josh said surge. I can confirm the quiz has been awarded to Josh. Oh dear. It's a heartbreaker for Reese. Um, right. Well, um, <laughs> this podcast is already uh, quite lengthy, so we should move on quite quickly. Congratulations to Josh. Reese has been stoned by the VAR. Um, I have been. Once again, unfortunately, it's a tragic, tragic event. Uh, I do trust your VAR officiating more than the ref. So I won't. <laughs> I won't. I mean, it's on. It is on recording, so the people listening at yeah. home and us who can go back can listen to it and hear that Josh does say it. Um, oh my days! What what a time to be alive! It's our first VAR intervention on the quiz, um, and, <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully everyone's relatively satisfied with how how that's uh, panned out for us here. But <clears throat> anyway, let us swiftly continue on. This may end up being our longest episode ever, but that is all right, uh, because it's been quite an enjoyable one thus far. Our next game at hand is one that we unfortunately may not spend much time on, despite the fact that it was very interesting. It is going to be Aston Villa hosting Southampton, and um, I'm actually going to go to Ben with this one, uh, because 
you were uh, present virtually for this game. <laughs> you were there with your mind. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> only, only so, so, uh, as much as you can, uh, for, you know, get excited for an Aston Villa Southampton game as a fan of neither Aston Villa or Southampton. At um, 6 a.m. no I, less. Yeah. Yeah. Bright and early, bright and early. Um, Southampton were dominant for the first part, but I think the most interesting takeaway, um, is that a team can be four nil up and, uh, and have a nervy last few seconds of the game. I mean, I don't think anyone was really convinced that Aston Villa could really do it because there was what 15 seconds before, um, the ref blew the whistle. Um, but it's an interesting trend. We've had a few results like this. Um, the, the, the three, three, uh, Spurs West Ham game, uh, Chelsea have had a few draws that, that have been like, wow, the three, three, the same thing. The three, three against West Brom was the same thing. Yeah, for West Brom, I mean, we had a 3-3 against Southampton as well. Um, what is it about not having fans? What about, uh, you know, some people are saying people feel more relaxed um, in these environments, so they're trying things that they wouldn't normally. Um, are fans there to, to cajole and cheer on in ways that sort of close out games that we're not getting? Do, do teams, do players just believe that they can still do it, even if there's only 10 minutes left? Um, it's not It's not the first crazy result we've had. Um, uh, certainly a seven-goal goal thriller is nothing to sniff at. Um but, but yeah, Southampton should have put this one in the bag, and they they did. They brought home the three points, but but Aston Villa had something to say about it. They did too, yeah. And um, this was one quick thing. This is like the first game Emmy Martinez has had in a long time where he had a, like an absolute shocker with zero saves. Yeah. Like all of the goals were bangers. They though. were, yes. Yeah. Two identical free kicks uh, from James Ward-Prowse. Uh which just moments of quality there from him. I actually wanted to open up to the floor here. Um, what are our thoughts generally about James Ward-Prowse as a player? Because I have some pretty distinct thoughts, but I'm curious about what you guys think. No I, I think. No <laughs> I think he's right in the position where a player like him needs to be, like a a starting at a mid-table team. I think he's a decent player i think he could move to like a bigger club and be a very good depth player but i don't think he'd be like a starter for a top 16 yeah i think i agree with that i i, mean, I have him in, i have him in my fantasy team if that says anything i trusted his ability to get points but <laughs> i think that's mostly due to the fact that he's an absolute wizard from set pieces i think other than that i think he's a very complete player but i don't think he's like uh what uh, i don't think he's a world beater in any sense like i think everything about the aspect of his game is very consistent and it's good set pieces i think that's where he really excels obviously but um you know i think i agree with josh in that i think where he is currently is probably a good spot for him and if he wants to move away he's just gonna have to you know elevate to that next level uh, I think he's yeah echoing what you guys said. I think he's a very very good player. I I I think we underrate him a little bit. Um, something something that I thought was interesting that I that I heard um, was um, since he is since he's English playing in the English game. I think some people don't give him the full credit that if he was some uh, foreign player who was coming in and was this was tokened as this set set piece specialist that we would think he's this this great 
great thing. Um, but just because he's because he's James, we're just sort of we write him off as like, oh, you know, he's a nice he's a nice bloke. Because um, he's James. I mean, cause, <laughs> if he were I mean, Hames Wardell Prowse or something like that, <laughs> oh, exactly, <laughs> <he would be. laughs> exactly. Um, great, got a great right foot. I mean, I, I think I think he's good from open play. Um, but set pieces is definitely where he shines. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, so I actually slightly differ in that. I actually um, think he's quite bang average at open play. Um, I don't like his. Uh, I don't like him on the ball. I think his passing ability is um, is like suitable. It's on par for what it should be. But I think on the ball, I'm just not convinced by his tight control and his ability on the half turn um, to get through defenses. I do think, however, it's worth absolutely for a team like Southampton to have him in the ranks and to start him uh, because he is so lethal from set pieces. Uh, he is just the classic definition of a set-piece specialist. Um, but to kind of say what I think Josh uh, was getting at was that I think he can't go much higher with that role than a mid-table team um, because I think once you get higher than that, if you're a set-piece specialist, you also have to have um, a lot to bring uh, from from open play as well. And I just for me, I don't think he has quite enough uh, from open play. But he is also their captain, so I I would yeah. be very shocked to see him move because I really do think that you know <clears throat> he loves being there and he loves the club at like a deeper level than a lot of players. You know, it's like the we, we talk about loyalty. You know, loyalty's dead or whatever. But mostly we use that term when we're referring to managers. But you know, it does apply to players in some sense. You know, if you get a big money move, you may consider leaving your boyhood club or whatever. But I think Ward Prowse is you know he's very much he is like the Southampton guy. So mm. I, I think that's also uh, worth having him in the team because he is that leader. He does know the club, love the club, like eat and, eat and breathe the club. So I think he, in that sense as well, uh, that's another asset he has. Yeah, well, he grew up in the area and he's been at Southampton since he was eight years old. So um, it yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think he's just becoming sort of a club club mainstay at this stage uh funnily enough he was born in portsmouth and his family are portsmouth supporters uh which is <laughs> unfortunate for him um but uh yeah so the boyhood portsmouth I mean, fan i'm sure that doesn't like i think with them being in are they in the champ league one champ they're in league one yeah league one i'm sure that that they don't have any problems supporting him now yeah i mean but when he was growing up i mean they were both in the prem yeah. so but yeah, either way, um, and obviously, I'm sure his family are, are James Ward Browse supporters more than anything. Um, but yeah, that, that'd be very that'd be very strange to be like, well, I mean, we love you, son, but sorry, <laughs> but you play for life. Saints, so <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, I think that game can be laid to rest uh, for now, at least, or forever, really. I don't think we'll ever have to come back to it. Um, Another game that we probably won't spend too much time on is Newcastle uh, facing off against Everton, who without James, I would say, struggled for creativity. Um, and in this game, uh, it showed. And without Luca Dean and without uh, Richarlison, they also struggled to get going. The deputizing left back uh, on his debut, Niels and Kunku, I thought was poor. Um, I thought he had a poor game. And Newcastle uh, took advantage of that, and Callum Wilson... Uh, is firing once again, which Reese's fantasy team will no doubt be uh, pleased with. Um, yeah, Ethan's, <laughs> Ethan's not pleased with. Ethan's not pleased with Cal Wilson. Um, 
no my fantasy this week was was this week your highest total like for the whole season so far yeah that, I mean, that's just the way it goes. It is, yeah. I think I was checking. The points. only players that would have beaten Ethan this week are me and Gage, and he played me. Yeah, that is. And my total was absurd. I don't. I mine was absurd too. Scored twice. I had a uh, Vardy as well. I've got Callum Wilson and Calvert uh, Lewin. So pretty much everyone I needed to perform performed, which was just very unfortunate. I had everyone relevant from the Spurs Brighton game. I had Kane, Bale, Lamptey, and Regulon. So <laughs> that one game literally carried me um, to sixty-six yeah, points. I, I had I had Gage in fantasy this week, and I was like, "Oh, it's Bale and Regulon. They're not probably not going to play again." They fucking played and killed it, <laughs> and they linked up for the goal. So um, yep, <laughs> the, the one week sun does absolutely nothing. Sun was pretty poor, yeah, unfortunately, um, but. It does happen from time to time. So, uh, Reese, I know there was only one talking point that you wanted to make from this game before we move on. Um, so, have at it, sir. Yeah, so uh, Jordan Pickford was dropped for this game. And uh, when asked about it, uh, Ancelotti said, you know, we're resting him. But I was listening to the uh, Tom Howard, I mean Tim Howard, excuse Who? me. Who? <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. The Tim Howard, uh, like, analysis about this because i just love him as a person but also he's he's very he's doing great work uh, analysis wise um he said you know goalies don't need to be rested and tim howard was saying that he really thinks that this is a step in the direction of possibly transitioning jordan pickford out from the number one role which i thought was very interesting but it is worth noting that jordan pickford has been very inconsistent as of as of late you know he had a very good start when he got there he had a very good season when he earned the move there. He has very good games from time to time, but he's just not consistent enough. And so, Tim Howard, how, Tim Howard thinks this is a is a move away from the uh, from having Jordan Pickford as their number one, which um, he thinks could be solved by I think he said ten straight consistent performances from Jordan Pickford, which <laughs> I don't know if that is possible. Yeah, <laughs> that is a high bar. That is a lot to ask. So. Um, I just thought that was very interesting that um, I just didn't think that would happen I'll be honest I I, I never expected uh, Jordan Pickford to you know fall from grace in this in this fashion he's definitely been poor but I don't think um, I don't think it's the craziest thing to suggest that he just needs a week off I mean he's made some pretty erratic decisions when we talk about I mean I'm sure you guys have already talked about that that the that Liverpool tackle mm-hmm. uh, yeah but um, I mean he's he, he the boy can just use a rest even if it's just a mental break i know tim howard was saying that he's probably physically not tired um but i believe he's uh, jordan pickford's a sunderland boy right yeah he came from sunderland and sunderland and newcastle have beef right yeah um, yeah so i mean it could just be didn't didn't want to give him another game things could get heated get him sent off have him miss a few more games i don't i don't think it's completely outside the realm of possibility um yeah that makes sense a lot because tim howard also talked about the emotions and that uh, jordan pickford jordan pickford plays with too too many emotions a lot of times and just gets very uh very uh he did like you mentioned which could have been a factor in this game there they were missing luca dean uh, they're also i don't think we mentioned but they're missing uh Seamus coleman um so yeah. if their back line was already in pieces do they really want to have jordan pickford come under fire if they concede two or three against a newcastle united who are all right you know is that some is that a look that you want to have <laughs> or maybe you just give him a rest and uh, save some face yeah and i mean i think it's a good managerial tactic as well because Ancelotti did say that Pickford will be back against Man United uh, this upcoming weekend, and 
Um, Pickford has been not the best this season and, and in, in last the closing stages of last season as well. And I think it, it's not horrible to say, look, we've got this guy that we brought in on deadline day. Um, we're going to start him. And he played to be credit to him. I mean, he made two, two really good saves in this game, uh, Robin Olsen. And so I think it's just kind of a message to Pickford, like we do have this guy who can come in if you're if you continue to be poor. So it's just a motivator for for him. He knows he's going to be back in against United, so he's just going to have to get mentally prepared for that game and and um you know be up be up to scratch. Otherwise, he's going to get dropped. And I think it's just a win win for everyone in this situation. So uh, Ancelotti showing uh, his experience as a manager there uh, to to Everton's uh, benefit, really. And um. I think, speaking of Man United, uh, really speaking of um, dog shit, really, <laughs> let's move on to, to Man United, um, who played host to Arsenal in what was quite a tepid affair, I think it's safe to say, Reese. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we absolutely dominated the game again. The stats are a little deceiving because it says Man U actually had more possession, but we had more meaningful possession. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, the issue is, you know, there was the Leicester game last week, or the week before this game. So the, the as the game went on, I was looking at Ethan. I was like, you know, we're dominating this game, so we're going to lose. That's just how it goes. And uh, But, you know, kept chipping away, kept, kept getting in dangerous positions, and then um, Bellerin won the penalty, and... I think it, I think honestly, a penalty was probably the best thing that could have happened because we needed a Bamiang to get on the score sheet just for the sake of getting him off the mark because he has been in a dry spell. I think this is this is definitely his longest dry spell for Arsenal. Uh, I think this is equal to his longest with Dortmund as well. I think they were saying it might be one less. I can't remember exactly, but um, yeah, I thought we had a very good. Um, I mean, we didn't really have to do much defensively, to be honest, but I thought the attack looked good. It looked organized. Um, I, I wasn't, there wasn't too many, you know, like uh, tactical things that were different in this game. Uh, one thing I will mention, though, is that El Nini played ad, out of his mind in this game. I was so impressed. Uh, definitely, definitely earned his place for the next game. Uh, he's got to start that game just for the sake of, you know, he, he absolutely earned it in this game. So, um, yeah, I was very impressed with them. There's a clip of him that's going around. I think it was in the final minute of the game where United was pressing and uh, trying to get the ball, and El Nini was just busting his gut literally all over the pitch and just providing pressure, and it ended up forcing um, the ball to be put out of play and uh, pretty much into the game there. So, yeah, I was impressed with... Uh, with the organization from us, but it was mainly uh, United's own undoing. And I know I, I could talk about United being crap all day, but I know you, you have specific thoughts, Gage. So I'll, I'll just what what I I do. It? Yeah, I mean, my first specific thought is that Pogba was shit. Like yeah, he was that was really the bad. worst performance from Paul Pogba I think I've ever seen in my entire life. There were literally moments in this game where he was walking around on the pitch and he looked like he didn't know why he was there, like. I, I genuinely, it was one of the worst performances, like individual performances I've seen in, in a very long time. And I mean, I know the meme is like to, to shit on Pogba, but literally he was so bad. And his decision oh, yeah. um, in the challenge for Bellerin, it's like, wait, that's lazy. 
Like yeah. it, again, there's there's United players back to cover. There's players in the six yard box. There's he doesn't have to make that challenge there. And and Bellerin, of course, obviously he does go over quite easily, but it is a foul. I mean, yeah. and and it's just a, a poor challenge and and poor defending from Pogba. And he gave away the penalty against Spurs as well um, in a similar situation where Davis Davis cut back and Pogba just made a a poor lazy un, like poorly timed challenge and, and it, it it cost United. Um, my second thought, which kind of goes goes off of that a little bit, is is that this is unfortunately a game where I think Solskjaer showed once again that he actually does not actually know what he's doing tactically, really. Um, yeah. Because the coming off the back of the 5-0 win against Leipzig, he played the diamond, the narrow diamond in the, in, in the game against Leipzig, and it, it worked obviously to a T because United won 5-0 winners. Um, the difference is that Leipzig also play a diamond. So Leipzig, United were able to match Leipzig man for man in the midfield. Arsenal very much do not play a diamond. So I think replicating this system is just a um, cop-out because you won 5-0 and Ole is thinking, oh, well, that worked against Leipzig, but so it should work against Arsenal as well. We rely so heavily with wingbacks. Yeah. When you play a diamond, you sacrifice so much on the wing. So much width, and and they rely on the wingbacks to, to, or the, the fullbacks even, to go forward, which leaves a ridiculous amount of space in behind, which Arsenal were exploiting, especially in the first half. Um, and this this is what really boggles me, is the arrangement of players in the diamond. So Bruno is at, at the focal point, obviously. I mean, because that's that's where he would play if it was a diamond. Pogba's on the left, which, fine. He played out left for Juventus several times. The other two is what kills me. Okay, Scott McTominay is a good footballer. He's a good defensive midfielder. Fred is not a good footballer and is not a good defensive midfielder. Why would Scott McTominay not play in the holding role in the diamond? Why would Scott McTominay ever play on the right side of a diamond with Fred holding? It, it doesn't make sense to me yeah. why that was what happened in this game. Like, Scott McTominay offers so little going forward, but that's not his role. That's never been his role. And Fred offers nothing at all. And I don't understand why he's on the pitch. Okay, that's a little harsh on Fred. I do think it's a little harsh because I think he was probably like most uh, improved last season. He he was, and I, I'm being very harsh on Fred. But it, like, Fred offers nothing from the holding role in a diamond. It's yeah. like when he's set up in this way because Solskjaer freed him up a bit last season whenever Bruno came in and allowed him to partner in a in a holding role or uh, sorry a double pivot with McTominay which allowed him to improve his game and, and suit his strengths more. But this lone Fred as a destroyer just doesn't work for me, uh, clearly. Um, stop talking crap about the head. <laughs> Dude, I'll never forget that day when I when I when when you said uh, your dad played for United and I said he's been turning in some shockers and you were like, well, he's 50 years old. <laughs> uh, that's one of my favorite favorite slapcast memories um of all time um sorry ben did you have something to say there uh no what i was gonna say was didn't apply i was gonna say you're asking a whole lot of a, a guy who doesn't have a last name that was it, it was just <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, <laughs> um there you go ethan i think i could tell you Solshar's thoughts in in playing mctominay there because i think it's easy to read because i like you i am convinced that he does not know how to uh make any kind of of tactic and he's just purely getting by by luck and by the united board 
deciding not to fire it. Yeah. So I'm going to walk you through his process because this, this is the only thing I can think of, you know. He's probably sitting there picking the team sheet, and he's like, in, in the similar way that he picked the diamond because it worked, he goes, huh, McTominay scored against Arsenal last season. I'm going to play him <laughs> in a more advanced role. That's an excellent point, actually. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I also like that there's a fire truck. <laughs> I also like that. Um, <laughs> I also like that. Uh, he said he makes the same sound as a Minecraft villager when he's thinking about his team <laughs> sheets. Just her. McTominay scored against <laughs> Arsenal last season. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. Um, I think I have actually heard him make a sound similar to that in an interview as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be holistically surprised. Um but yeah, I, I just It also just makes no sense whenever they spent the amount of money they did on Van de Beek this summer. Yeah. That would be a perf that right side of that diamond would be perfect for perfect for that if they had the defense to sort out. That's a completely different story. That's a different conversation about the defense. But Van de Beek would fit perfectly in where McTominay played and just slide McTominay and get the Fred the fuck back to Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I do think it's harsh on Fred. I, I do think he could do a role at um, on the right side of that diamond uh, if he needed to in a pinch. I'm, I'm with you, really. I, I don't think Fred is up to scratch as a Premier League footballer, as I said earlier, but it just doesn't make sense. And then when Van de Beek does come on, he takes Fernandez off. Which makes yeah. no sense. Like, why? <laughs> Van de Beek doesn't. There's Van de Beek shouldn't be playing in in the hole like that. I mean, he's played. He hasn't. He's played in attacking midfield before, not in the role that uh, Bruno plays. But he still he's played attack the the attacking role in the midfield before. So yeah, him I mean, playing up isn't something like completely out of the realm that he wouldn't couldn't be successful at, in my opinion. No, I mean, it could absolutely be successful. It just doesn't make sense to do that when you have Bruno Fernandez at the club and on the pitch, even. Like, it, it just doesn't make sense. I, I just feel like there's so many assets that Solskjaer could be utilizing that he's not utilizing correctly, and that's one of the reasons why they are awful. Um, I don't know how he has a job, especially with the game that just happened. I Yeah, really. I mean, did they... I didn't watch the Bashakshahir game, but did they play the Diamond again? Because if they did, I, like... I couldn't tell you. I didn't watch it either. I just saw uh, the picture that was going around of their entire team in the attacking third and the uh, the opposing player just sitting at the halfway line just calling for the ball because no defenders were back. They did. They played the diamond. That was uh, their first away loss in 10 games. The opposing player uh, that you were mentioning should be uh, noted as Demba Ba. Demba um, Ba. The one and only Chelsea legend, um, still playing at what thirty-seven? I couldn't believe that when I saw his name on the score sheet. I, I don't. How old is he actually? I'm gonna look quick. Just insanity. Bro, he's, a, he's a Chelsea striker. They have to go to Turkey at some point in their career. Like they have to go be a worldie in Turkey for like a season or two, and then just go fuck off to the MLS. He is only tw- thirty-five. You know, I thought he was older than that. He's played for about fifty billion clubs. That's a Tiago Silva right there. He's young. He's yeah. Back. <laughs> I, um. Yeah. He has played for quite a few clubs. I do say. Uh. Yeah. Wow. A lot of them are Turkish, including but not limited to Besiktas, Göztepe, and uh, Besiktas here. So. Come to Besiktas. I, I'm flexing my knowledge of Turkish pronunciations now because I have a roommate who speaks Turkish. <laughs> so the more we can talk about Turkey, the more I'm going to. Um. 
yeah, so, um, not a lot interesting from Arsenal's perspective, unfortunately. I'm sure everyone is, is um, disappointed in the fact that we won't get to hear Reese Regalis with talk of shape or lack thereof <laughs> yeah. from Arsenal, but um, <laughs> none, none much to be had in this game, so I think we will leave it there. Um, and we'll move on to me, who has written down the wrong scoreline for this game. Um, Spurs um, squeezing a 2-1 win out of Brighton, really, is the way I would describe this. Lots of controversy in this game, actually, I thought. More than I thought at the time of watching the game, even, really. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, Spurs started really brightly, I thought. Uh, started really well. The first 10 minutes were... was looked great we had lots of attacking play um and obviously it ended up in uh, a penalty being won by uh harry kane <clears throat> which is the first of the controversial incidents here that i want to pull the room on really um at the time of watching the game i thought it was kane committing the foul like i thought kane fouled Lana, and so when he blew dead i thought oh yeah i mean kane kane's gonna get booked there for that um because he pretty clearly backs into Lalana. I mean, he doesn't know Lalana's going to jump, to be fair to him, but he does check to see where Lalana is and then backs up into him um, quickly. So I actually thought Kane was the one committing the foul there. And then, weirdly, when it went to VAR and the commentator started talking about it, I was like, yeah, okay, I mean, I could see how that's a foul on Lalana. Um, but then after the game, I was, I, I was thinking to myself again, like, that is actually a foul on Kane. Like, that shouldn't be a penalty, I don't think. Um, so yeah. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I I definitely agree, and I think this is so interesting because I do, I'm not insinuating that it's a dive. This is this is very much the idea of like <laughs> you know this is like a this is tactical. He knows what he's doing, yes. but it's not like it's, it's not clever. It's very time. clever. Yeah, it's very clever because there's actually multiple. I I saw I didn't notice this until this happened because it like came alive on Twitter. There's multiple instances that you can The one against Cresswell. Yes. That's a red card. When like, they'll play it back in, in slow-mo, it's very easy to see where he, he's standing there, and he will glance at the player, and he sees where they are, and he'll purposely back up so that it will look like they foul him. So it's very clever from his part, but, you know, maybe something to watch out for because he's apparently he's been doing it all along. I, that one against Cresswell, the more I watch it, I'm thinking, how is that not a red card? Like, it's shocking. The, the only thing I would say in Kane's defense would be Lana like threw his entire body into that though. Like that he did. was a hard jump. But I think like, he was anticipating Kane jumping for the ball too, though. True, but I don't think it. I don't know. It, it's one of those situations where it's just like you just kind of got to go with what the, the call is, just because it is. Such a difficult call just because is, Lallana yeah. threw himself so hard into Kane. I I think it's I think it's got to be a case of of the the like I think we have a reaction to it is because uh, we have a certain perception of Kane. Like I think if I think if Salah did that, no question, we would say that he's a cheat and that you know it was you know he was trying to to play the system that it was diving. I think because we have a certain view of Harry Kane, um, uh, for better or for worse, being this the captain um figure oh, it was it was clever for me sure but i mean well you know i, th- I mean i, think, I also I think, think clearly it's not fair i think there's yeah. also a difference between like throwing 
throwing yourself on the ground and rolling around a few times and taking a like a hard challenge and like knowing you're going to get a foul like yes they're both like not proper ways to get what you need but one of them is a lot in my opinion one of them is a lot worse than the other yeah is it though because kane could have very well injured the yeah it's endangering the safety i think um because if a player obviously dives they're not you know endangering the opponent yeah so it's like it's like a give and take you know it's it is different i agree it's different but it's it's also different you know like what kane has done here is different for more reasons than just uh you know flopping around kane did also throw himself to the floor very theatrically at least once during this game by the way so i hold up my hands and say that um and interestingly actually in rugby that particular action like taking out an airborne player from below is an, a straight red card in rugby uh, it's called bridging That's josh also, like rugby is Rugby, yeah. So rugby is very different from soccer. Rugby is well, yes. <laughs> rugby is like its own. <laughs> rugby is like its own thing. Especially when it comes to rulings, is like nobody really complains about a rule. Everybody's very respectful of what the ref says because the ref is constant. Like the game is so fluid, the ref is constantly like saying and like justifying their actions. Mm-hmm. And I think rugby has. Like, as much as I love soccer, rugby has much more self-respect than soccer does. Yeah. Because soccer players don't have a lot of... I can't think of the word, but rugby just has more, like, respectability amongst the players than um, our game does. I feel the same way about hockey, actually, because they... they like, hockey players mm-hmm. respect the referees even when the, the refs know they're wrong. And that's the other thing is, like, refs in hockey will say to the guys, like, that was I was wrong. You know, and like I yeah. feel like, well, additionally though, I will say standard of refereeing in rugby and hockey are both higher, I think, than uh, well, maybe not in hockey. The playoff refereeing this year was pretty poor, um, but yeah. standard of refereeing in rugby certainly is higher, uh, which is an issue that needs to be addressed in the Premier League. Certainly, I also think that in football we have this notion that a game can be entirely be placed on a ref's hands of why you lost. Yeah, which is bullshit because you can't really do that when there's 90 minutes of play and point to one incident and be like that's why we lost because he didn't call that foul that's why yeah, we lost because he missed this call and I think that's something we need to work on as like uh, just as a sport in general like not pointing to the ref and being like you're why we lost and being like okay no this is why we lost because we didn't make the proper movement movements or whatever changed that game at multiple points and it's not just the ref's decision football i think i would say sorry you go ahead oh, i was just gonna say i mean football isn't like basketball though i mean it's not uncommon for a nil nil. i mean this season it's uncommon for a nil nil but whenever i mean a lot a lot of soccer is fine margins and consistently like beating those fine margins i don't i mean i agree with you i'm not trying to say that um yeah you know, i mean suddenly we should blame the ref for everything i i, I agree to, to that point but I, th- I don't think that you can compare it to other sports necessarily and say it's the exact same thing i mean yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, I don't know how much you talked about this last week, but I think, like, Maguire strangling Aspilicueta in the box. That's a, I think that's I think that's got to be a penalty mm-hmm. for me. And so then that, then three points go to Chelsea um, because 
I mean, am I am I really complaining about it that much now? No, you move on. You 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 have to to some extent. But um, whenever the game is such fine margins, whenever two teams set up defensively, when two people, when two teams, um, you know, really go at each other, a goal is a significant margin. Versus uh, when you watch basketball, when you watch um, NFL, points points are just higher. They're just they just come cheaper, right? But in in soccer, that that moment when the when the goal hits the back of the net, and we all just have that moment of silence, like. Is it going to count? Is it offsides? Uh, is VAR uh, going to come in now? I mean, that's that's different. That's the thing that makes soccer interesting to me. Yeah, is that is that each actual moment? I mean, you can have a team that wins three 0 and they have three shots, and the other team's dominating the entire time, right? Yeah, those are special games. It's yeah, a two way street, say, definitely. I, I mostly agree with the, what you're saying, Josh, and uh, I also agree with what Ben is saying. I'm saying something along this along the same lines. You know, I know I. When I was first watching soccer, I did this a lot, and I would blame the rest. And you know, I, I didn't really know what else to blame because I was very new, I guess. And so it's harder to see those nuances, I guess. Now, you know, I can look back, and but I, I still do think that while I agree that most of the time you can't only blame the refs, I think soccer would probably be one of the only sports where there are instances where you can blame a loss completely on a ref, like. Ben was saying, where one instance can absolutely change the game. I mean, you look at uh, last season, there was an instance where the ball was in the net and it wasn't counted as a goal. Uh, yeah. And that absolutely decided that game and possibly uh, absolutely decided the season for... How, how much ball. money did that did that error cost the clubs, right? Yeah. Revenue. That's, that's absolutely a refereeing error. So it's like... Uh, like I mostly agree with you, but I do think there is, to some extent, you know, a referee can decide a match in that sense. Not to stay on this subject for too too long, but I do want to pose like, whenever whenever we talk about uh, players diving, yeah, we don't want to see it in the game. It's not it's not great. Uh, but what are your thoughts on? Uh, yeah, I mean, refs refs just aren't calling fouls on players that don't go down. I mean, how many times do we see that? That you know, until refs actually start calling fouls, calling penalties uh, for 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 players, you know, that stay on their feet. Um, I mean, I certainly thought that that uh, that I think Jota goal, I think yesterday in the James League, that was clearly a foul. But he 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 stood on his feet and he put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. Had he not, would they have gone back and given a penalty? It was a clear foul. We all knew it, but I, I I'm not seeing refs calling that. I think we need to get away from this notion of of determining what's a foul or not based on the aesthetic outcome. Like if yeah. if like the referees are looking at it and it's like oh well that player ended up on the ground so clearly he was fouled like that's that's not a an effective way to gauge no pun intended um the <laughs> the validity of a foul or or the the presence of a foul whatsoever um and I think that's an issue that that we've seen a lot recently I remember they they really tried to crack down on corners um in the 2018 World Cup like the the like grappling in in the penalty box during corners and then after that we never heard anything of it again but there could easily be a penalty on just about every corner that <laughs> that happens in the premier league because of how much grappling yeah. and wrestling there is and, and i think a lot of now granted there are a lot of times on corners where people will throw themselves to the floor and complain about whatever but i do think the epidemic of diving is a result of referees depending on the aesthetic nature of challenges to make decisions. And I think that's something that we need to get away from. Um, it is certainly a two-way street. I think Josh is absolutely right in that the players need to take it upon themselves um, to just, you know, be better, <laughs> um, to not dive, and to respect the referee. 
uh, and the referees need to take it upon themselves to not be shit. I think that, that's gonna be that's I think that's gonna be my position on this issue. Um, I don't think think there's a way to find this out, but I would find it very interesting to try and like take a deep dive on like how like who started it? Was it the players or the referees? <laughs> it's because, the chicken you know, or the egg. Yeah, because like people always talk about how the game used to be way more physical and mm-hmm. players didn't dive as much. So it's like, well, did they start diving because the refs weren't calling fouls? Or did somebody dive and they get a foul and they're like, oh, it worked. So then it happened. I, I'd be very interested to know like what was the catalyst, you know? I think a cultural difference is, is part of that as well, though, because the in in South American football particularly, not to you know stereotype, obviously, but generally in the culture of their version of the game, it's more celebrated to whenever whenever you dive or or not necessarily dive, but you just make the most of something, it's celebrated as like you won that foul for your team. Like that's a good yeah. a good thing that you should be doing because you're winning Basic fouls for your team. Are. Exactly. And, and and it's just a, a thing that is celebrated there and taught as part of the game. It's just gamesmanship rather than cheating. Whereas in England there's always been this very like man's man mentality of like you know, you stand up and you only go down if you're seriously hurt or if, you know, if it's actually a foul. And I just think that cross-mingling of cultures may be something that left the referees a- a behind a little bit. And maybe that's kind of th- where it started. I think that it also comes from the South American game just because it is a very fi- physical is physically different in the Premier League, just the nature of, like, somebody is... If you're forward, somebody in a stretch of five games is probably going to lay you out with a tackle or a shoulder or something. To, so, like, you have to sell it to to get that extra result to get to a penalty because of the physical nature of the game when it comes to the tackling, not necessarily from the defending entirely, but specifically from the tackling in general. Yeah. Especially with more Central American teams and more, like, not necessarily in Brazil and Argentina and Chile, but definitely with, like, Colombia, Venezuela, those kind of countries and stretching up to Mexico, they have a very physical way of tackling players. Yeah, it is It is a really interesting sort of analysis of, of the way things have gone in terms of refereeing and, and fouls and the evolution of the rules even, and I'm sure we could do an entire podcast on that, honestly. Um, but I think we are actually approaching the two-hour mark. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, we should hustle quickly through this game. Uh, Fulham, 2-0 winners over West Brom. Uh, Did I mention Bale real quick? Oh, yeah, of course. Sorry. Um, yes, Bale has scored uh, for Spurs once again after a brilliant cross from Regulon. Thank you. I would have been sad if I hadn't mentioned that. Yeah. Um, there was another controversial incident, but uh, it ended up not affecting the game, so we'll, we'll skip over it for the time being. Um, and, yeah, Gareth Bale with a lovely old header three minutes after coming on. And um, I think it's safe to say that I went apeshit when that goal <laughs> went in. Um, because hearing the commentator scream Gareth Bale is like in a Tottenham shirt again is just something I, I, I... Well, I never heard it the first time even because he was before my time as a Spurs fan. But just as you learn and become part of the culture of the club, it just becomes something that you you feel like you know it, you know? That sounds yeah. so dumb. But like, it is, it is a real thing. Yeah. Myth. And so it's just it's something I know you've always dreamed of seeing Bale in a Spurs shirt again, and so to 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 see that was was great. And he's he's still building up fitness, and 
Um, he's been pretty abject, honestly, since he came in, but I think it's just because of his lack of, of football uh, before that point. Um, but, it, yeah, it's brilliant. So. I can't wait to see Demba Ba in a Chelsea shirt again. It's going to be mm-hmm. a great <laughs> Demba Ba and Didier Drogba linking up once again um, for Chelsea's front line. Um, hey, Petr Cech came out of retirement. Why not Why not Didier Drogba? <laughs> um, That's true. That's true. So, yes, Fulham 2-0 winners over West Brom to secure their first win of the season uh, with an absolute belter from Ola Aina. Um, great goal. If you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out. Um and honestly, West Brom, as I think Josh said, um, made Fulham look good in this game, which is not great for them, uh, because Fulham are poor. <laughs> this so, was actually the game that cost me. Uh, I was, I don't know, I don't know uh, if, if this is if this is knowledge uh, among the pod people here, but I was um, in the top t- uh, nine, twelve, I think, no, not top twelve in the world on the NBCSN Sports Predictor app. Uh, this oh. was the game that cost me fifty thousand uh, dollars. I was too ambitious. I said three one to Fulham, uh, and it was in fact two zero. Oh. Uh, so my name was apparently, and my profile picture was on uh, Rebecca Lowe's NBCSN. Oh wow! Um, I was I was indeed very sad. Yeah, uh, I was following that with Ethan. I don't think I texted Gage and Josh about it, but uh, did you have the Leicester game right, or was the Leicester game not on it? No, I got the right number of goals. Uh, the Leicester game. I, I got the outcome. I ended up winning like twenty dollars. So like $20, just play yeah. just NB, yeah, cool. play NBCSN. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do, and but, I'm awful. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's, I've it's, never won any money. I've won six cents. Just, you just gotta always play, um, yeah. and one day you'll stumble into a few right results. Yeah, nice. Um, brilliant. I don't Speaking have. Speaking of the Lester result. Oh, well done, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, I was extremely nervous for this game because our back front, our back three was James Justin, Wesley Fofana, and Christian Fuchs. <laughs> I came into this game shitting a brick. <laughs> and I said it, I was like, I am so nervous for this game. And then the first three minutes happened, and they show a highlight from the... Oh, pretty much one of the only good chances Leeds have, and then they go on the other end of the pitch, and Harvey Barnes is putting it in the back of the net. <laughs> I know! Yeah! <laughs> the clip is so funny. I was so confused. Um, we played really well, I think, but I would more say that Leeds played horrible. They were absolutely awful in possession. They could chain about three passes together, and then we would win it back and start a counterattack with Barnes and Barty, who are who are making a very good kind of strike partnership-ish. He's more, uh, what's the word? <laughs> Harvey Barnes oh. is more playing that backwards role, not necessarily at a cam, but not necessarily a striker. Um, a false nine. But, yeah, kind of. Shadow kind striker, of. how about that? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, Probably but I, I don't know. Um, but I was very impressed with how we played. Um, I think we played really well despite the fact that leads were bad. Um, one, I don't know. Leads were just awful. They were shocking. And I was surprised by how I bad really they were thought, in possession. I really thought Bielsa was going to, like, rip them a new one. They were going to come out in the second half and... 
I, I texted in our group chat. I am. I was like, I am so nervous for the second half because I know Bielsa is laying into them right now. Yeah. And then they come out and absolutely dominated us for the first ten minutes. Got a freaking Tross goal. The hashtag Tross. <laughs> <laughs> and I at first I was like, at first I was like, wow, he really put that in, and I was like, wow, that really was a cross. Yeah. Um. I love a, I love a Tross. I do too. They're fun, except when they happen to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I don't know. I was just very disappointed with Leeds. This was like not the first game I had watched of them, but one of the first, probably like the third game I've watched of theirs this season, and they were absolutely awful. Um, I was very impressed with Chenga's Under again. I really hope he gets an opportunity to start at some point this year because I think he brings in a lot. And I would like to see him like a full 90 or at least like a full 75 minutes in a Premier League game versus a Europa League where he started last week and I would assume he's going to start again. Um, I was really impressed with Namplay's Mendy. He did a great job of winning the ball back for us. Um, Luke Thomas put in a pretty good shift. I didn't think he was going to appear much this season, but I was very impressed with a very makeshift lineup with all of our injuries. Yeah, and I think it's key that these guys get to get some time together as well because um, a lot of those injuries are long term. So this is gonna this makeshift thing is gonna be something that's gonna have to happen quite a few times. Um, yeah, it's, throughout the season, um, I think we're supposed to get Pereira back within the coming weeks. I think after their national break, he's supposed to come back, which will be amazing. Um, Soyunku won't is he be like back already in training. He was in, he's been in training since like the summer, but he they're oh, okay. taking it very slow since it was his ACL. Yeah. I wasn't um, sure if comeback meant like come back into the team or start training. Again. No, he's been back in the team since the restart, I think. Um, oh. Soyunku is back January along with Ndidi, I believe. Um I I think this was a game we definitely needed to get result a result from. I have a feeling that Johnny Evans is, has lost his starting spot to Wesley Fofana. I think Wesley Fofana has a lot to learn, but I would not be upset with Fofana and um, Soyunku pairing up that back line for the next few years until someone decides to come pluck one of them for a massive fee, because that's all we're good for. Is no one else like supremely distracted by every time I hear Fofana's name, I just think of like the song like da na 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 fi fi Fofana Fofana like that's all that goes through yeah. my head and I can't think of anything else. Like, I, I don't know if he's good with the soccer ball. I don't know anything. You um, know what? I hadn't thought of that, but now that's all I'm gonna yeah, ever think about. So yeah. thanks for spreading your misery. Of course. Um, <laughs> that's why you guys are here. I hope that's his uh, sing that more. That's often. his chant. It better that's his be. Goal celebration is yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you guys feel about that um, that James Madison penalty at the death of it? Um, I I was I, fine with it. I get it. Really? Like I, it's not one that I'm complaining about, but it it just kind of feels like against the spirit of the game to me because he wasn't like in on goal. He was at the super edge of the box, uh, end of line, and it's just like what was gonna what was gonna happen? It's a dumb foul to give away, but is that? Is that is that what penalties are supposed to be? I, don't know. I know it's it's such a tough call because it is a penalty by the letter of the law, and I I think it was it should have been given, but it is it's just a t- I think it's just a tough situation really. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, it's a penalty. I mean, we can, I mean, it's like Gage says, like by the letter of the law. At first I thought he dove just because it's James Madison and, you know, <laughs> and and then when I saw the replay, I was like, wow, he actually, that was a legitimate foul. Yes, he kind of put himself in a position where the defender didn't really have that much to that he was able to do and won a foul, which isn't a dirty thing to do. It's just, you know. Um, but I I mean, it's not an exciting foul, but it's a penalty. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think the, the only good news really is that um, that wasn't something that decided the match. Um, so, you know, it, it was um, something that had very little impact on the outcome, if any at all. Uh, so, gentlemen. One thing I want to talk about. Oh, yeah, quick. Is the under assist. Yes. Oh, yeah. The vision on that. Yeah. To just put it in the box when he's not even looking at the runner. I I was like, wow. That's part he of the reason so why good. I'm so... I really hope he does well when he actually, like, starts and we bring him in on a full transfer next year and not just alone because I am absolutely loving him at the club. I didn't realize it was just a loan. I thought y'all did sign him. It's a loan with um, an option to buy. Okay. A thing that's becoming increasingly more common these days, interestingly. Um, which could have something to do with COVID, I feel. Spreading yeah. those expenses to a point where the world isn't shut down uh, is probably something favorable for the finance departments. So, uh, just some quick final roundups uh, for all of our clubs. Uh, Chelsea were in action today, 3-0 winners um, at home to Stad Ren, uh, which I believe, Ben, correct me if I'm wrong, takes them top of the group. Uh, yes, we should be. We should yes, be. brilliant for Chelsea. Arsenal and Spurs are in action tomorrow. Arsenal are playing, not Rapid Vienna, you're playing uh, SKA Sofia, right? Or, no, Molda. Sure. Molda. You're playing Molda. <laughs> I, I don't know. Couldn't tell uh, you. I'll probably have to pull up the Arabic stream. Norwegian side, Malda. Um, and then Spurs are in action against uh, Ludogorets Rosgrod uh, from Bulgaria. So, And yes, I was getting there. Um, <laughs> Leicester are playing, I just looked up who it was, Braga. Braga. Yes, tomorrow. Yep. Uh, who are probably Leicester's... I would say biggest challengers to go through in this group. Not that Leicester are going to have any problem, but they're second no, favorites I, for the group. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, because especially like if, if there were fans, I would have said AEK Athens would be a tough tie for every team. Mm -hmm. But with no fans, that's kind of an easy game to go in and get get your three points. Yeah, and Zoya Luhansk, I'm afraid, are just a poor football team. Um, sadly enough for them. But, in any event, I think it is nigh time that we wrap up, because I do believe we have eclipsed two hours for the first time in many, many moons, many sun cycles. But it was an enjoyable show. Um, very enjoyable, in fact. I, I had a great time. Ben, uh, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for joining us. We will be sure to have you on again. Thanks uh, for having me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a very, very lovely, lovely debut from you. Um, you've secured your spot in the team. Uh, for for future for future uh, future episodes, uh, Reese, thank you for joining me as well, sir. Of course, Ethan, it's been a joy as usual, my friend. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, Josh. Josh. Josh looking like Beaker once more. Um, Josh as Beaker has returned. Um, Josh Beaker, thank you for joining us. Fuck you. <laughs> um, and thank you, the listener, for joining us as well. Um, we love you all, uh, and it's a goodbye from us. Ethan, are you there? <laughs> Ethan. Ethan. What did I? What? What did I do? Are you? Are you, so are you, you play? Are you conscious? <laughs> it was just funny. I, I think your mic cut out, and so Gage like <laughs> was like, "Thank you for being on," and he was just like. You just made a grunt. You just grunted, and I couldn't stop laughing. It was so funny. Uh, well, I said thank you. Uh, I, I didn't really yeah, understand why it was so funny. It was, yeah, <laughs> you definitely cut out then because it was literally just. Uh. <laughs> oh man. Oh. You can just take a, a thank you from another episode and just splice it in. <laughs> That was a lot of fun. Oh, that was a really good pod. I liked that a lot. I like me. our long pod. Seriously enjoyed it? Yeah. No. Of course. We're glad to have you. No, thank you. Thank you. Hopefully it's not too obnoxious having a Chelsea fan. Uh, um, I mean, I already, are, I already have to be alongside Reese Chelsea all the time. Fan. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, true. We do already have the Tottenham Arsenal on yeah. the same pod. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I feel like Chelsea have been villains for a long time, but I feel like we got a, a feel-good thing with Frank Lampard and, like, the little babies, you know. Maybe we'll stop loading players out. The little babies? Oh, the little <laughs> babies. Mason Mount, Billy Gilmore, Tammy Abraham. They're just little babies. That's all That's all they are. Uh-huh. They're innocent. I think I think one thing y'all have going for you now is, like, your transfers were actually legitimately paid for and not by yeah. Russian oil business. Well, I mean, a lot of it was Eden Hazard money and... and Alvaro Morata got officially official bought. Um, yeah, he was a loan to buy deal. Um, yeah, so spent a lot, but also we had that transfer ban. So, yeah, like that was one thing. Like whenever the Man City thing happened, like I went through like the last like ten years of their transfer business and like went through and like calculated like their like net. It was like one point two billion dollars spent. Like that's like, insanity. One point two billion net over transfer windows and I was like oh I wasn't curious what Chelsea was this year and y'all's was like 20 million spent total mm-hmm. not from mm-hmm. hazard sales which is kind of insane but mm-hmm. it, it, y'all are finally not like a villain because it comes from somewhere good yay out of the uh, top teams that I hate <laughs> Chelsea is not at the top I'll tell you that yes yes oh, I can't stand Man United I don't know what it is I can't either I hate Man I hate them I hate them screw them so much <laughs> I told oh. Ethan we were watching the game, and I was like, "Man, besides Tottenham, there is no team that I, I enjoy them. beating I more than United. Like I, they are so. I hate them. They're the team that I have the least problems with out of the top, the top six.
Liverpool, I don't know. Liverpool play some really? nice stuff. Tot- Tottenham have Tottenham have been good at points. Like there there are rivalries, but I just I just never enjoy Man United. They're just, Marcus Rashford's a great guy, um, but everyone else they suck. I think he's a great person, <laughs> but I hate him as a player. And I'll tell you why. It's because he he absolutely tore Rob Holding's <clears throat> ACL out of pure malice. Because uh, it was after the whistle had been blown, and he just shoved him. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was at the time that we were like 22 games unbeaten, and Rob Holding was playing out of his mind. So. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, no, I'm dude. Surprised, I'm surprised it's not Liverpool that with the least amount of, like, hate for you, Gage. They beat us in the Champions League final, Josh. <laughs> that's because y'all were shit, and that final was the, yeah. the no, we weren't. two hours. I know, because life. the yeah. fucking penalty that wasn't a penalty, that I still maintain shouldn't have been a penalty to this day, was some ass. I mean, and it killed right. the game. I don't really know how it was You're not right. a penalty, I'll be honest. That's the, that's the reason that you guys lost was that penalty. No, it, I, know, I, know, I know, I know, I know. like this? Yeah, but it hit him here. Like, on the shoulder. And it was direct ball to hand. But look, it doesn't... It's it's very close. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not Liverpool. I mean... Who's the most... Uh, no, never mind, I'm fucking stupid. And Chelsea's a close second, because... Chelsea. Really, I'm surprised Man City aren't fifth second. No, Chelsea's caused me more pain than any other team in the league. I, like I remember watching the the couple of those games while we were in German sophomore year, and you just wanted to kill someone. I I just they've caused me so many so many of our worst moments in the last like five seasons have been against Chelsea. Like the Battle of Stamford Bridge game. Bridge. Yeah. The uh the trip your own goal. The oh, the two nils where we could have been in top four. So Both times that the last season we played y'all, if we had won, we would have gone into the top four, and we absolutely got our asses beat. And then like, um, y'all knocked us out of the after they changed it so that away goal away goals don't matter in the Carabao Cup. Y'all knocked us out on penalties uh, in the semifinal. Y'all beat us in the League Cup final in 2015. Like, I think I think you guys had a questionable like offsides Harry Kane call though in that same tie. It was like the one nil game that you won, I think, at home, and it was like it was a uh, Harry Kane was onside and one he was off. No, it was like uh, we the the one nil that we won was due to a penalty, but Harry Kane was offside when he was fouled. I think oh, I think is what it was. Yeah, was it came? Was that a Kepa mistake? He came and slid out. Yeah, and and uh, Kane was offside. That's right. But and if it's any consolation, I have a Tottenham friend who keeps bringing up that um, Sun goal where he dribbled past like everyone and then put it in the David top corner. Luiz. It was David oh, Luiz. Was... Oh, that's the other thing. Uh, Sun got sent off in that game. That that game where the alleged racism happened against Rudiger, where he like kicked up. Yeah. Stupid. Oh, yeah. Dumb. Should have happened. Should have happened against Harry Maguire that other game. I was yeah about that yeah. One. I have no reason to hate anyone. Like, Leicester fans have no excuse to hate anyone. Like, we've won a title. But they won the league that year, so they don't care. (laughs) I don't give a shit. Like, I was very upset at the time, but now I'm just like, eh. We won a title. There's not much to complain about in the world. We're in Europe right now. Like, it's a good time to be a Leicester fan. That's true, but be honest. Who do you hate? I mean, there was that one time against West Ham that someone kicked someone in the chest. I was mad about that for a little bit. I hate West Ham. 
a bunch Everyone of chumps. Everyone here hates West Ham. I just, I hate Jack Wilshire. I'm glad he's, is he even there still? They released him. Yeah. Oh. They terminated his contract. Agent. Yes, he's a free agent. Rest in Jack peace, Jack Wilshire. He he scored that one goal in the, I think it was Carabao Cup tie yeah. for Arsenal. And then he Man, scored I remember against that. as soon as he went. I hate Jack Wilshire. He sucks. I hate him so much. I also, I feel the same way about Theo Walcott. <laughs> Theo Walcott could fall off the edge of the earth tomorrow, and I would not care. <laughs> I I completely forgot he went to Southampton. <laughs> yeah, he scores like, against us every time he plays. It's so funny, even it's for so Everton. <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it's. Ugh. It's a disaster. You know what else is a disaster? I have a statistics exam due in two and a half hours. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go take that. <laughs> have fun. All right. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. Me. Thanks for coming, dude. We, we will actually have you back on because you were That'd be awesome. class. So, the, yeah. The fee for being on Slapcast is $20. Yeah. Pay up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, I got somewhere to be. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alright, night, y'all. Night. night. See ya. Alright, bye, guys. Go play some games as well. I love you all. Good night. I love you all.